Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Zephcast, the show where we get to know your favorite content creators, streamers, and podcasters alike. I am your host, Zephyrs XP, and with me today, we got feline VTuber extraordinaire and my awesome friend, Z Otta, in the house. Thank you so much for being here today, Z. How you doing? Happy to do it, man. I'm, I'm doing quite well. It's been a good Monday. Work was quiet. Had a good stream, so... How about you? I'm doing pretty solid today. What were you streaming? You were streaming. What were you streaming today? Uh, the thought, right? Because we play so many games. It's like, Mass, what was Effect. I Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. I, I've I've got like five different games that I'm going through right now, so I have to think about it occasionally. What did I stream today? Um. Yeah. No. I was doing the first Mass Effect on Legendary Edition nice nice how are you liking the new uh it's a is it a remake or a remaster of it uh it's a little bit of both it's mostly just a remaster um they did alter some of the gun handling mechanics so like in the in the original um if you were using a gun that your your class that you started as could not use like you couldn't hit outside of a barn you can you can actually hit things now you just don't get any better with them um so it made the made the guns a lot more useful overall I actually remember I bought the trilogy for Mass Effect years ago, I think on the Xbox 360, I want to say. And I played that like right. I played like five hours of the first one and just something, I don't know, I couldn't it couldn't click with me. Um, something about it I wasn't like super into, but like I've been watching a couple people have been streaming it um the past few days. It looks really cool, honestly it's a good game um uh, back back in the day it was a little bit weird like because they they tried to blend the rpg stuff that bioware had always done with first person shooter or third person excuse me shooter mechanics um to a limited degree of success let's put it that way uh so it was it was kind of difficult to jump into that especially if you were more familiar with bioware's older rpgs uh kotor jade empires that kind of stuff um it's always had a good story but the mechanics kind of let down the the remake remaster excuse me did actually fix quite a bit of that so jade empire i do remember i i never played that one but i remember like looking at it in the game store and like blockbuster years ago that was one i always wanted to try yeah, Jade Jade Empire was one of BioWare's titles that not a whole lot of people played because it didn't have any existing IP behind it, um, and it didn't get the mass marketing push that Mass Effect did. Like Mass Effect was hugely advertised when it came out, and it had a ridiculous name, so that helped. Um, but yeah, like Jade Empire, a lot of people never played. It was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, I don't. I really can't think of a bad title that BioWare has put out. I I know, like once they have that marketing budget behind them, that just if they got money behind it they can make any game just like soar up the tar up the charts right pretty much as we saw with cyberpunk <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> uh, yeah cyberpunk cyberpunk had the marketing budget but uh they uh yeah i don't yeah. i don't like to, to to talk crap about games but it was real bad um <laughs> you know it kind of let me down too because like i i played that's the worst part man like because i played tabletop cyberpunk back in the day um and like i was really looking forward to this game coming out because like i was expecting for there to be you know all all the hacking and all the awesome stuff and yeah. instead it was like grand theft auto with androids so like i wasn't quite sure what to do with that did it did you feel because i haven't played like any of their older games i haven't played the witcher 3 or anything and i know the witcher 3 is like you know the mount olympus of like video games for some people um did you feel a lot of witcher 3 in cyberpunk or did it just kind of feel like grand theft auto because it looks really much like grand theft auto 5 in some ways 
Witcher, Witcher is kind of its own thing, right? Because like it had a whole series of books behind it and everything else before yeah. it even came out. So Witcher, Witcher was a series that either you'd read the books and made a whole lot of sense, or you were just playing this dude who kind of might be a vampire, maybe we don't really know, and then you hit monsters in the face. Like, um, I I didn't really feel a whole lot of The Witcher in Cyberpunk. It felt like a game, honestly, from a very different development studio. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't actually think Cyberpunk was a bad game. I think it was a game that was very ambitious and probably they got off more than they could chew. Do you think it needed more time in the oven? So to say, like another two years or something? I think it needed someone on staff who really understood the IP they were trying to tackle. Because like I said, not, not mm. a whole lot of the Cyberpunk setting really came through to me in it. It felt very much like Grand Theft Auto except in the future. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, that was cool, but I played that with Saints Row. So like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't really down to do that again. It's kind of like when you play, yeah, I always feel that like when I'm playing like multiple games at once, you know, it's not fair mm -hmm. but like it just kind of happens where i'm playing one game and then i go to another one and i'm like wow i just i'm noticing things i don't like about this game just because i'm also playing or just came off of playing another game um i'm noticing that a lot right now with dark souls games and then playing any other game that's not dark souls i'm like this is so hand holding it's driving me crazy kind of <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, to, to be fair, everything is hand-holding compared to Dark Souls. Dark Souls doesn't really throw you to the deep end so much as it ties the bricks to your feet before it, like, tries to tries to deliberately drown you. Um, so true. But no, I, I get you. Like, I, I do the same thing, though. I try to avoid, like, especially because I do tend to run different games at the same time. Um, I try to avoid crossing multiple games within the same genre because otherwise I'll invariably get into the comparison game. And yeah. I, I try to... I try to enjoy games for what they are rather than for what they're not, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause it's like not fair for the developers and everyone who worked on the game to kind of be judging it to this mm -hmm. other game that they had no comparison in mind for. But like, I guess just we as humans naturally compare things to other things that we like. So uh, oh, yeah, the downfalls of, of being a human sometimes. <laughs> Um, so this I, is why I choose not to be. There you go. Actually, I do kind of want to talk a little bit about <laughs> VTubing and everything here in a second. But first, we kind of sidestepped a little bit on the icebreaker question, but I, I think it'd still be fun to kind of talk about. So just icebreaker yeah, question 10 minutes later. Um, so the icebreaker question that random rolled out today was who is your favorite Disney hero or heroine and why? Bell. Bell. Hands down, no question. Bell. Bell? Oh, Bell. like from Bell, uh, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast? I was gonna say yep. two villains, like if you if you wanted to throw out a villain as well. Isma. Isma from uh, Emperor's New Group. Emperor's New Group. Why yeah. why Bell um, out of curiosity? Because Belle was the first Disney princess that was not helpless or an idiot or both. Um, I, I, I I don't dislike any of the Disney princesses, but Belle was the first one who was educated actively educated mind you um definitely did not need a man to save her uh in fact very much the opposite she ended up saving the beast like uh, she was an excellent character she wasn't stuck up she wasn't um clueless she wasn't helpless she didn't really have her heads in the cloud head in the clouds she was an excellent character start to finish and she to me was the first princess uh really in disney that didn't embody the damsel in distress you know, I don't know if I ever maybe subconsciously realized that. Like, those are some really, really good points. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, 
what other i haven't seen a lot of the newer modern disney movies but like what other disney princesses kind of compare in that regard that you can think of um moana even though she's uh, although maui would argue with me although maui would argue with me technically not a princess um rapunzel actually she didn't she wasn't really a damsel in distress she was just a damsel who had been isolated forever uh move on obviously although not a princess um raya if you've seen raya which if you haven't you need to go watch raya raya's awesome i don't know if i have seen uh, there's been a lot of movies i've i've missed in the past like decade there's just i haven't watched too many movies it, which one is raya from Raya and the Last Dragon is the one that just recently came out. It released online only. Um, it's the one. It's the one that's dealing with Southeast Asia. Uh, it is. It is a fantastic Disney movie. Um, like a lot of the, honestly though, a lot of the more modern Disney princesses really didn't do the damsel in distress thing, or if they did, they only did it to a limited degree. Uh, and I think that's part of Disney attempting to evolve with the times and do more representation and stop making women either a prize or something that has to be rescued. So, and props to them for that. There's lots of other things I'll crap on Disney for, but props to them for that. Do you, what do you think about them kind of live action remaking a lot of their old classic movies? Are you a fan of that at all? I, I think that's a symptom of the entire industry, not just Disney. I, I'm not a huge fan of it in general. I would prefer for people to tell new stories rather than retell old ones. Um, but so far, the ones they've done have been pretty good. The, the, uh, um, the Beauty and the Beast one, once Emma Watson figured out how to act with someone who wasn't physically present, because like the first half of the movie is real rough, um, was pretty good. Uh, Lion King was okay. I mean, it was the Lion King. Like, you can't not like the Lion King, but... Um, they tried to make the animal faces a little too human, which was kind of weird. Uh, uh, as far as so the other, I haven't. Was Jungle Book Disney? Can't remember. I think Jungle Book was Disney. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I watched. I watched both of the remakes of that, and they were interesting. Um, I liked the changes they made to the story. I think the live action carried through well, for what it's worth. Um, really, though, I'd like them to just make new stuff. There, there was two Jungle Books, right? There was like the new Disney one and then there was a not Disney one, right? Yeah, there was a not Disney one that actually changed the story significantly and in my opinion for the better. Um, but yeah, that, that, one's, that one's gotten a lot of attention over the years. I have um, seen the oh, not Disney one and I, I do remember I really liked it a couple years back, yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're solid. Uh, and then you asked about villains, and I did bring up Isma, and and Isma Isma is hands down my favorite villain because she's absolutely ridiculous. She's not, well, no, she's evil, but more importantly, she has conk. And that the the man who does the voice acting uh, for oh, him, I think so it's John Benjamin is his name. He is an absolute treasure, and he pulls that character off so well. Um, but I love Isma just because she's she's ridiculous. She's she's one of the least actually threatening villains in the entirety of Disney history, and I love her for that. You, you know what I just kind of realized thinking about that? Isma is Isma and Kronk kind of like perfectly complement each other because Isma is very I would I don't know if weak is the word, but just she like looks frail, but she is very smart and witty versus Kronk, who is Maybe not exactly the smartest human being on the planet, but very physically capable and very strong. And they kind of like perfectly complement each other. I never really realized that. Kronk is an entire cutlery drawer short. Um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. I love him. Um, there's a ride at California Adventures in Disneyland that it's, I think it's called Soarin' Over California, but you kind of like sit down and watch this like big show of like kind of 
drone shots essentially flying over california and he does the mm -hmm. voiceover for it and it's just you you cannot unhear kronk from it it's so good is it is it like the soren ride at a uh, cut yes exact same one except okay. all of the scenes are uh pretty much like california so oh it's awesome it that's that's one of my favorite rides you know as a kid i used to hate that ride because like it's not fast or anything but you know going back as an adult and kind of i feel like those slower rides you kind of take for granted a little bit more you know you kind of enjoy and i don't know the, the sense they pull like you'd be flying over like the orange fields and like the smells and stuff you just get this like orange smell it's 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 pretty great hey i'll, I'll readily admit man i'm 40 years old i'm a big fan of the people mover if i go to disney the people mover which one is that one it's an extremely slow paced ride that goes through the the future land section that is just up on a raised track it yeah, like there's it's not a ride it's basically just where old people go to relax shade like i'm i'm a huge fan of it is that where you like sit down and, and it's kind of like 360 kind of rotates you uh no no it's just a little little crappy tram car but it's fun i, th I think i know where in, in uh tomorrowland you're talking about i i've had i've been fortunate um growing up i grew up in southern utah so Disneyland was like a six hour or so drive away. And so anytime we'd have like a four day weekend from school or work or anything, we would definitely go to Disney a lot. And so we had year round passes <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just kind of, you know, as I get older, kind of think back on those, you know, at the time you just, oh, we're going to Disney for the 10th time. It's just, it's nothing special, whatever. But like, you kind of feel that as you get older, you just kind of look back on memories and you're like, I didn't quite, you know, see it for what it was then but just as you get older you kind of start to relish the memory a little bit more yeah yeah i can see that kind of going off totally not related to streaming but <laughs> see that's the fun thing i love about doing podcasts though and like talking with everybody is i love just kind of seeing where conversations naturally take people and even if it's not entirely streaming related like i just love just kind of seeing where the flow of conversations kind of take everything so i guess kind of steering it back a little bit more on the streaming side one question i really love to ask everybody who's on the show just to kind of hear a little bit about their backstory is who is ziata the streamer and who is also the person behind the streamer that's a that's a fun question for me to try to answer um so ziata the streamer <laughs> ziata the streamer i am um... Well, you've seen One Punch Man. I have not. I've, I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't like seen it, seen it. Okay, so like you, you should watch One Punch Man. Uh, I'm basically Zaitama. I am um, a streamer for fun that happened to accidentally be good at it. Uh, I, I don't really like I didn't really get into this for the whole let's build a huge following and make it a career or anything else. It was a thing that I started doing um mainly honestly because we wanted to stream our raids on 14 so we could see where people screwed up and go back and rewind and watch and see what went wrong that's the whole reason i started streaming um so ziata the streamer is I, I my my stream has grown very organically there's not really been a plan behind it uh there wasn't really a plan behind the persona the cat avatar was literally picked because it irritated one of my friends that i wouldn't use a face cam um and I mean, I like cats and I pretty much am a cat. So that just made sense. Um, so that's just kind of me. Like I, I have a relatively chill online persona. Honestly, I have a relatively chill offline persona. Uh, I just hang out and have fun. And if other people have fun too, that's great. Um, <laughs> person behind uh, the streamer um, is not that at all. I am a business analyst for a multinational by trade. 
Uh, I am extremely detail-oriented and goal-focused. I have a pretty high-stress, high-pressure job the vast majority of the time. Uh, it involves managing a team of 14 people who handle all the business analytics for the commercial side of the bank. Um, so that's that's what I do in my spare time, which is why my stream is not high pressure or high intensity at all. <laughs> kind of like the opposite of, of what the day day yeah. Ziata is. Yeah, streaming is how I relax, honestly, more than anything. Um, it's it's part of the reason why I never put any focus on the growth of my stream or monetization or any of that, because as soon as I start to bring that into it, it turns into a job. And it's like I've told Dizzy, the day that I think to myself, well, crap, I got a stream is the day I delete my Twitch channel. That's a great way of looking at it. I think I think a lot of people lose that, you know, as they kind of go on through streaming, they lose that funness of it, the the enjoyment of it, the artisticness, the the just relaxingness of it. And some people just focus so intensely on numbers and and monetization and stuff like that. So that is awesome to hear. Well, and for some people, that's what they want to do. Like they want this to be their full time career, and I applaud those people. It's a hell of a lot of work. Um, it's, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of focus, and it takes a lot of dedication. And anybody who can put that time and effort and focus in, I absolutely applaud. It's just not a thing I want to do with my free time, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. A, a thousand percent. You know, I think everybody has... That's the cool thing about, like, streaming, and you know, especially on Twitch, is you have people who want to do it just to play games with friends, other people who want to do it as like an artistic outlet, other people who do want to shoot for the highest mountain and, you know, become the next ninja or Ludwig or something like that and and everything in between. So it's cool kind of meeting everybody from all across that spectrum, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. And that's that's one thing I do enjoy, actually, about the, the corner of Twitch we've kind of carved out. I don't just mean Fireside. I mean all the associated people that you and I and Lolly and Karen and everybody interact with. Like, we we have a pretty wide net at this point of, I don't know, easily 40 or 50 streamers. And all of us kind of have very similar mindsets in terms of not turning this competitive, not turning this into... Even for those of the, for those of the group that are attempting to make this a career um we i don't think any of any of our corner of twitch have lost that mindset and started to make this be a thing that is more stress than fun yeah um, and that's one of the reasons i do i do love the community that we've built yeah i think once you just kind of start stressing about it or like you're sitting in front of your computer like stressing sweating to hit that go live button I think you definitely need to kind of take a step back, reevaluate, just kind of see like, why really am I doing this? Because I, I mean, most people start streaming for fun. I, I would say mo mm -hmm. like majority, high majority of people probably start streaming for fun. So if you're not having fun. What are you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. Now I know, I know a few people who have started streaming with the intent of this is what they're going to make their career. Most of those already had established presences outside of Twitch, though. Um, it was expanding out from their YouTube or in some cases their TikTok, which I didn't realize that. Again, I'm old. I didn't realize TikTok was actually that big of a thing. It was just the thing that I knew replaced Vine, right? Like, so, um, but I do know a few who have done that and actually have still managed to keep that balance, um, which is cool. I know other people who have gone the opposite direction. They've, they've come into Twitch with the intent of building a huge channel and gathering a following and then seeing that that takes a whole lot of time like it's not yeah. an overnight process and ended up getting burned out and quit um it's it's one of those things you have to keep perspective on it and it is it is a journey it is definitely not a, a click start streaming to win thing 
Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that sorry, that answer got quite a lot a field of what I intended. Uh, I ramble if you haven't noticed. No, that's totally that's what this is all about. Um, I, I think also people on Twitch, like if you think just clicking live, going live is going to get you like thousands of views and stuff like this isn't Twitch from, you know, 2012 essentially or 2010. Yeah. Like it's there's it's so saturated at this point. I feel like a lot of people who really do grow their following usually it is they have they stream on Twitch and then maybe they have a YouTube channel or they're doing stuff on TikTok or they're growing a presence on Twitter. Like it's, it's extremely rare to find somebody who's just a hundred percent on Twitch and nothing kind of else behind it to support it, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so one kind of question kind of leading or tying directly into that, I did notice during some Ziata research before the podcast, I did notice that um, on Twitter that there were some Twitch streams back from even before 2020, uh, 2012. So <laughs> was that all was, was that also final fantasy 14 all the way back then? No, uh, 2012, I think was when I was first experimenting with broadcasting software period. Um, huh? X yeah. X -Split. X -Split. Yeah. X -Split. The good old days of X splits, <laughs> horrible, horrible interface. Um, yeah, those, those were when I was first experimenting with the concept of live streaming and broadcasting in general. Um, and they're actually, I think one of the oldest, cause I do have a YouTube channel. I don't do much with it, but it does exist. Um, I think one of the oldest videos I have on there, in fact, is from those experiments where I put together a silly little video of me blowing up megaton set to uh, 1812 overture. Oh, um, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so that's that's what all that's from I, i've been around on twitch a very long time um i didn't start actually streaming to any real degree until probably about a year and a half two years ago um and that started with final fantasy 14 rating and even then i didn't do anything to really push my channel until lolly and chief started um well basically encouraging me to because they liked what they were watching so were they the ones kind of behind you giving you the push like maybe could this could be something z um that and a little bit of friendly competition with another friend of mine who uh he's 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 it's the same guy who's the reason for the cat avatar um there's one of those things of he uh he liked to be competitive with me um so i decided i was going to start actually doing something with my channel and you can kind of see from I think November of 2019, how rapidly my channel evolved in terms of the integration with other services, channel point redemptions, uh, all the random chaos that happens on my channel, that kind of thing. Actually, kind of going straight into that, because I did want to talk about that. Can you please explain how Dovacat, Beep Beep, Mander Mander, all the incredible channel point rewards, where they all came from? Because no joke well every dova cat is like my favorite channel point redemption on twitch ever it is the best thing if if any of you listening have never seen it or watched it you need to watch it on ziata's channel it's the I mean, best thing if, if you haven't if you haven't seen it it basically looks like this the anticipation oh yeah It's so good. It's going to go all the way through. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. 
My night has been fulfilled. So, so that <laughs> that along with all of the other channel point redemptions honestly started as technical challenges for me. Um, I got tired of relying on Streamlabs and Nightbot and Streamlabs Chatbot and all that crap to do their jobs because their Nightbot is is pretty competent. Streamlabs services are frequently not um so <laughs> uh it started as a technical challenge of how do i make alerts that are tied to channel point redemptions right because i wanted some to give something for viewers to be able to interact with the channel um and i figured out ways to do it via chatbot they were real janky and then i stumbled on the Orin board when i was researching stream deck alternatives because as much as i like elgato and elgato makes elgato is like i is like ios it's like apple right elgato makes very polished very user-friendly products that do a very specific thing and that's all they do um i don't do that if i do something i want it to be able to be something i can screw with and tinker with so i found the orin board which is what runs basically everything on my channel it runs my alerts it runs my channel point redemptions it runs all of my bots it runs my anti-spam bot stuff um it runs everything um so it became a technical challenge of how do i tie you're triggered channel point redemptions into my stream doing things um which then turned into okay how do i make it not suck because i got it to do it right um and it did it very poorly uh and that's where i started getting into video editing which is something that i hadn't really touched previous to twitch um and then i decided i wanted just you know if i was going to do this it was going to be ridiculous and that's that's kind of what happened so that turned into figuring out how to do um background removal both via roto masking and straight up green screening um along with the audio engineering and everything that came with doing the channel point redemptions so that's how all that happened basically it started as a really simple thing and then i don't do anything halfway so it turned into a nightmare so you did you did all of it like everything you didn't like everything was green screened or masked and, and synced up with the audio you did everything as far as that yes most of the video portions of my channel point most of them i have not been done myself devacat was done myself using the um the little bongo cat generator um so i actually used that to create that whole sequence with the cats um, and then I recorded myself doing the singing part with the Viking hat on and then injected that video over top. Um, the rest of them are things that I have reached out to the creators, contacted them, gotten their permission to use because I don't believe in stealing from other people who've done amusing shit. Um, so reached out, got permission. And after that, it was alteration of the video and then usually remastering of the audio because in most cases, the audio quality is kind of crap. Um, so it was, like I said, doing all the video editing, showing them the final product, making sure they were okay with it. Most of the time they've been highly amused. Uh, only I've only once had someone tell me, no, you can't do that, um, which is unfortunate. But, oh, and then there, the other one that I didn't, I didn't ask for permission on this because I had no idea how to even go about it was the Eat Like Snake one from the Southeast, the, the Asian Burger King commercial. Like I couldn't even find the company that made that one in the first place to ask them, so. The one but, I yeah. love is, um, I think the Mander Mander one, actually last time <laughs> i think when i rated you last time and someone redeemed that i legitimately pulled my phone out to use shazam to find the name of the song for it and it's like a hugely popular song all over tiktok like tiktok people love that song 
It's everywhere on TikTok. Um, a, a lady named Fluff Stuff, she actually streams on Twitch, uh, made the original Manderville Man video. Um, and you can find it on YouTube. Um, so that one, that one again, that for me, that was doing a ton of background removal work. She used this in the original video, she used this really cool gradient background, which is gradient backgrounds are the straight up devil to remove out of a video. Yeah. Um, so that, that one took a whole lot of work. Um, all but the different coloring would, layers. Yeah, because I mean, it was a single color, but it went from really dark to really light. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't do simple tools. I ended up having to do, I think that one used seven different color removers throughout the course of the video to do, um, to get the colors clean. So that one, that one, that one took a bit of work. Um, the worst one I've done is honestly the Crab Rave one because the, the the Crab Rave video by Noise Storm just has so much movement and color. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, Fluff Stuff did the Manderville one and I absolutely adore it. It is that one and the uh, the Pokemon dance are probably the two that get the most what the fucks from people who come <laughs> into the channel. <laughs> see, but the thing with stuff like that is there will definitely be some people who see the Pokemon dance and just like, I do not know if I'm into this, but the people who love it will really freaking love it. Yeah, like I can... I... Anytime I get rated by people who have not seen the channel before, most of my viewers tend to fire off a crap load of those. They've kind of made it a game to see how long they can keep from talking with them. Um, the uh, It's interesting to see who hits follow on what meme. Oh, do you, keep, um, do you kind the, of keep an Mander eye out for that? Actually, yes. Um, the Manderville dance gets the most by far. <laughs> like, Far and away gets the most people playing follow. Um, it's so I've, brilliant. I've, I've, told Fluff, I've told Fluff thank you a couple times for that one. <laughs> oh my god, that's the, what what program do you use to edit them? And do you use like Premiere Pro, After Effects? Mm -hmm. Both Premiere Pro and After Effects. Occasionally Fireworks, depending on what I'm doing, but usually Premiere Pro and After Effects. I, I did a little bit of um, like on one of my channel or not channel points, but like when somebody redeems like uh, VIP, they get the VIP thing. I have like diamonds fall and that was just basic green screen. And even that took me, I mean, that took some time in Premiere Pro. So I can only imagine all the different things that you're doing. That must, it must be a, it must be a, a task, if you will. It, it was at first. Some of them are still really difficult. Uh, it, it mostly depends on how complex is the background and how much motion is in the video. Um, low motion videos are easy to do regardless because honestly I can just set up a good roto mask and I'm done. Um, high motion videos are harder. High motion videos with complex backgrounds, I usually end up having to go damn near frame by frame making modifications. And I think the longest one of those took me almost four hours real time to do the editing. Um, so, I mean, it's, they're, they're a lot of work, but again, it, it's, I, I've mentioned before, I know in, in other chats, like two thirds of why I stream has nothing to do with streaming. It has to do with, I enjoy technical challenges. So doing stuff like that is, is just as much fun to me as hitting the go live button and hanging out with people. I think if people are interested, if people, if people listening to this are interested in streaming and have never streamed before, you have to be ready for the technical tech problems and just you know internet's not working or twitch isn't working or Streamlabs isn't working or cameras not working and everything in between so that is something that i've definitely noticed you know the past year since i've started streaming is i feel like i've become much better 
tech support, you know, or a much better like problem solver. If something happens, the, okay, let's disconnect this. Let's try this. Okay. That's not working. We'll try something else. And it's, it sucks. Of course it sucks. Tech problems suck, but it's, it's kind of a fun puzzling challenge, if you will. I've, I've said for a long time, it's not a proper stream unless something breaks. <laughs> that is so true. That's, and there's so many things too. Like it's not even just it, it, like Twitch. It, there's so many components that come together, you know, especially using like face rig, the camera, the sound, the lights, the Twitch, internet, anything that can go wrong will eventually go wrong. So keep an eye out for that, everybody. <laughs> Um, I actually just downloaded, I think yesterday or the day before Leorn board, and I'm really interested in trying it out. I, I was really intrigued with wanting to do, I think Zach has something where you can like redeem a channel point and you don't have to do mm -hmm. anything. It just automatically triggers it. Um, kind of, I'm guessing what, what happens in your stream where someone just pays for the channel point, the trigger goes off. You don't have to touch nothing. It's almost like they're controlling the stream in a way, you know? that's that's how all of mine work and if you want a hand getting any of that set up just come up with what you want to do and i can show you how to make it work um but yeah that's that's how pretty much everything on my channel works there's very little the about really about the only thing that i control um on my stream is scene transitions everything else happens automatically um at this point that was not the case when i first started this <laughs> i i heard that i've also witnessed but i heard you have a hot tub scene as well uh, I do. I do, actually. Um, so, every now and then, oh. I decided that I'm just going to do a hot tub because <laughs> oh hot tub streaming is the new Twitch meta. Although, you you know, they finally they finally brought the hammer down on that, right? Yeah, they, they have a whole new category and everything for it. Yep, they have a whole new category and it has like a tenth of the viewers that the hot tub streams used to have. Yeah, I haven't really like so. dove in and like checked out any of it yet but I, i'm guessing because it's not in just chatting it's going to be a whole new category are they noticing it difference is. in viewerships oh yeah yeah like it's massively smaller i mean before because like i said before i started the hot tub stream thing as a joke like i mm -hmm. actually looked to see what the hell was going on with that um hot tub streams were easily pulling in like 75 to 100k of the you know generally 300 to 600,000 viewers in just chatting wow. um i think it's topped out at like 30k now like wow. pretty much everybody's given up on doing it because now they're stuck in their own little section and they don't get the same discoverability. Uh, that category, I believe, does not appear in recommended channels or on front page. And I think almost all of the channels in that category are demonetized in terms of advertising. Right. So like it, it pretty much killed any reason to be using it. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Um, I saw recently that Twitch had like canceled Amaranth's uh, advertising revenue and everything you could still they could still get like subs right subs and bits yeah. and stuff and donations it's just advertising is cut off yeah it kills your advertising revenue when they do that because like they didn't banner or anything mm -hmm. um and i see your puppy back there oh ellie yeah she's my she's yeah. my podcast pup. she <laughs> loves to hang out with me during all this hi ellie she's a sweetie your your dogs your dogs are a testament to the awesomeness that is goldies i'm just gonna say oh my goodness they're they're amazing friends to have like i i could not at this point in life i couldn't imagine not having fur friends of some kind to just come home and i've had a terrible day cuddle all over me they're they're amazing for that um I definitely, i hear that man what do you think about the whole hot tub meta like what i know that's not any of the questions I had on here, but it is a really kind of fun conversation um, to just um, kind of bring out in people. So, 
So there's there's two ways of looking at it, right? I, I personally don't I don't give a crap what people do on Twitch. Uh, it, as far as I'm concerned, Twitch should be an 18 plus platform, not a 13 plus platform in the first place. There's way too much adult content, even in the the streams not marked 18 plus. Totally agree. Kids. That being said, I don't actually care what people do on Twitch. I would personally would be totally fine if Twitch made a straight up 18 plus section that actually allowed nudity and pornography as long as they marked it as such and didn't market it to people who weren't interested in seeing it. Um, and I'm not I'm not suggesting they do this. I'm just saying I don't care. Right? If I don't want to see it, I'm not going to go there. Um, the problem that I had with hot tub streaming really was nothing to do with the content. Uh, I don't I don't. I don't care about that. What people want to do with their own bodies on camera is their own choice. Um, the problem I had with it is that it was not content. It was essentially softcore pornography acting as a gateway to an OnlyFans or Patreon site because virtually every hot tub streamer in their socials link that they didn't put on Twitch, they had a text link so they weren't violating the US, was advertising OnlyFans or Patreon. Again, I don't care what people do what i cared about was that they were doing that in a way that took discoverability away from people who were actually running content based just chat streams that's why i had a problem with it i think the hot tub category honestly is a perfect solution because what they're doing yes does it does obey the letter and not the spirit of the terms of service for sure but it's still left in twitch's tos so giving them their own category where if they want to do hot tub streams where they write their name and someone's name in a sharpie on a giant banana float for 50 bucks if people want to pay 50 bucks you know that's their money i could talk a lot about why we shouldn't encourage fake social relationships with people but at the same time you know there's always people are always going to find an outlet somewhere before twitch it was omegle or any of the other cam sites um before twitch even existed it was just.tv which turned out as one dude's experiment and then blew up with a bunch of other people there's always going to be an outlet for that and trying to shut that down is a fool's game twitch might as well capitalize on it because they're going to make money on it i just want them to categorize it properly so that people who are trying to run actual content-based streams don't basically end up getting screwed over by it i agree with a lot i i agree with everything that you just said the other thing i'd add to it is i think like i think it's it was a, almost a loophole in the tos of what you know the hot oh, top streamers was. of what they were doing and everything so i i think the the people who take advantage of it take advantage of that loophole you know amaranth and all of the hot tub streamers like do what you want with your body you're taking advantage of a loophole that's in there you're a rock star you you make your money you get your cheddar all of that go for it but I, I'm happy that Twitch updated the TOS to kind of make a section for that. I also think Twitch has is so they are so terrible when it comes to communication or talking <laughs> to people or like just going on Twitter and seeing that they had completely cut out her advertising revenue without even according to her without us any kind of communication or talking and anything of any kind like and that's not the first story we've heard of twitch just straight up banning someone without communication or cutting revenue or a soft ban like it's it's kind of worrisome i'm gonna be honest like it if so I, I will say they did actually say that was done in error and they didn't have done that without contacting her. So they admitted to that at least but to be honest more than likely her ad revenue got cut by something automatic um I, I would i would be shocked if twitch doesn't have a system where if their advertising partners register disapproval of x thing that it doesn't automatically pull the revenue um i, I can't imagine that they 
actually have somebody who specifically reviews all of those complaints. Um, I, I will say Twitch's communication is not super great just as a whole, but that's that's kind of the nature of when you have a company that grew without any real plan. Uh, I mean, Twitch Twitch had a reputation for misogyny and hostile workplace environment before Amazon bought them. Um, and Amazon made a lot of culture changes there, but I don't, I don't really feel like their growth was really particularly well planned out as far as, um, things like protection of their content creators, for instance, with the DMCA issue, like that's been a huge problem. And to be fair, like, honestly, yeah, if you're playing music without a performance license, you're violating DMCA. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, they should just make it legal. I'm like, that's not, but then you're not that's protecting not the, the content creators who made the music. Like right. there, there's a reason DMCA exists and is it? out of date yes but yes. there's a reason it's there yes. um yes so I, I don't i don't feel like twitch has a lot of the systems in place that a more mature mature company would like youtube um yes like youtube youtube is a great example youtube has excellent channels for communication as well as dispute resolution you don't feel like your emails are just going to go into a black hole and someone might eventually get around to him on the fifth of never like <sighs> do you ever see twitch do you ever see Twitch dying? Like, do you see in the next five years, most of streamers migrating to a YouTube or, or a competitor growing up that has the backing to compete with, with YouTube and Twitch? Um, I think, I mean, that's the nature of the market, right? Sooner or later, someone is going to say, I can do it better and take a swing at it. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss like Mixer. Mixer had some really good ideas that were going on. Um, and I actually stream on Mixer for a while because I was curious. And I got to say, zero latency between yourself and your viewers is real nice. And it was damn near zero latency. Like I could communicate with chat real time. There were no pauses, no delays that I could ever tell. Um, their service was incredibly stable it had a lot of things going for it unfortunately like most things microsoft they started off with a great concept and completely failed to market it um so that's you know that's that's just kind of the story of microsoft sooner or later though yeah twitch is going to have a serious competitor i mean it's bound to happen i feel like it Every really could be youtube because youtube is like 70 percent of the way there i mean their interface is I, I hate their interface. I hate watching streams on YouTube um, compared to Twitch, but like if they can spruce up their interface, um, they have a real shot, I think, of overtaking Twitch. And of course, I mean, Google is the giant that it is. And you think with yep. like Amazon backing Twitch, I don't know. I feel like Amazon's in a position where it's either we invest a crap ton of money into Twitch and really see it to profitability, or we just let it die and kind of take our loss. And I feel like they're at that crossroads right now. And they're just like, I don't know which way to go. I think that if Amazon is smart, what they're going to do is they're going to spend the next year or two playing a waiting game um, with Twitch. And the reason I say that is the reality is Twitch blew up because of COVID. Before COVID, Twitch had, I think it was something like a, not even a quarter of the current number of streamers. Wow. Um, and it's even the, even the viewer counts were massively lower. Like a ton of people started streaming and a ton of people started watching because they were stuck at home. They were bored. They couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Um, so I'd, if, if, if I were Amazon right now, I would not be dumping a ton of money to Twitch because with the countries opening back up with people able to go and do things with money being invested into things that aren't, Hey, I'm bored. So I'm going to get the streamer five bucks. Um, it's, it's very likely that Twitch is going to see a fairly rapid decline for a little bit. Um, 
YouTube, on the other hand, because you brought it up, I think YouTube is in a good position to capitalize on it, on it provided they are willing to put in the infrastructure and the tools to uh, to capitalize on real-time viewer interaction. That's the, that's the thing about YouTube. Everything they have right now, even their live streaming really, is predicated on the idea that people are going to be watching a recording, not a live stream. Um, if they put the proper tools in place, yes, I do think that YouTube could actually be a substantial competitor for Twitch. The question is how many streamers would make the jump? Because it's one thing being on Twitch. Twitch, you've got a lot of competition if you're going to look at it from that standpoint, right? YouTube dwarfs Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> like, you, like, people think, think Twitch is big. Like, Twitch is a pea size compared to YouTube. YouTube is the yeah. biggest you know video platform in the entire world by far yes so like i said you know even even the biggest streamers on twitch realistically are i mean well i'm not going to say that some of the streamers on twitch are pretty comparable but most of the bigger streamers on twitch are still very small compared to youtube subscriber and viewership numbers so like making that jump that's a huge huge risk for a streamer who already has an established presence on twitch i mean it's the the mixer people can speak to that a lot of them who had to migrate when mixer shut down they lost their audiences they did not follow them to twitch for the most part um i actually have a number yeah. of friends who are in that boat i'd They're say the one kind of like audience. flip to that though is like if they were able to make to build an audience on mixer migrating over to twitch even if they lose that audience the foundation for what built that audience in the first place is still there so as long as they kind of keep doing what they're doing it might not be the exact same audience but an audience will form i mean it's not it's not the answer anybody wants yeah. to hear but like if you're if you're dedicated and you're able to grow an audience on x platform keep doing that on y platform that's you know in the same boat and and you'll see similar growth you'd hope you'd oh, see similar is, that, growth. yeah that's that is definitely true um i mean it once you once you have of the background to be able to stream successfully in the first place that will translate to other platforms it's just it's one of those things that when you've already got an entrance to audience yeah. it's difficult to convince someone to give it up the mixer people never would have moved if they didn't have to you know i'm actually witnessing all of this in real time um because like i'm a huge harris heller fan i don't know if you know who harris heller is um he's <laughs> he's uh he was a partner streamer on twitch he was really big he has like a huge uh youtube channel called alpha gaming where he does a lot of like uh you know stream review stuff talks about like stream advice even like hardware stuff like you know go xlr and computer stuff and all that he's he's very in the twitch streaming kind of meta and he got an email from twitch randomly about like shutting down his partner status because he was interested in eventually moving over to youtube and he kind of just bit the bullet early on it and he's been streaming on youtube now i think for like a month and he has seen He's definitely noticed his audience. You know, he went, he was like averaging about a thousand viewers on Twitch. Now he's averaging like three to 400, which is still phenomenal, but oh yeah, still a huge, you know, drop in audience and, and retention and everything. Um, but he, he, it's really cool. Cause he made the comment that really stuck with me of, of like, if you're streaming on YouTube, when people go to Twitch, they go to Twitch because they want live content, live, 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 very few people watch VODs very few people watch clips like it's all about the live content when you're on twitch but when you go to youtube most people don't go to youtube with the intention of wanting to see a live stream they go there because they want to watch videos or watch you know high quality content so if you're streaming on youtube you're actually also competing with all of that other high quality content 
Yep, that's that's what I meant about the competent folks. We're not just talking about live streaming. You know, it's um, good example. There's a content creator that I watch on Twitch actually who does programming and robotics because I'm a geek. Um, the point is, like, I like him. He's fun. Um, Twitch, there's not that many people who do that. You know, uh, especially not live. YouTube, on the other hand, I can name like 20 robotics and programming people literally just off the top of my head if I really want to. Um, so like, you know, it's, it is a, it is a much larger audience to compete against over there. Um, that being said, if you can make headway in YouTube because of how their algorithms work, you are much more likely to start getting discovered by new people. Um, Twitch, Twitch runs entirely on average and current viewers. And YouTube, on the other hand, does not. YouTube runs on a whole lot of other factors. And that's one thing that I really wish Twitch would do is work with their algorithm some to make discoverability better. Um, yeah, because discoverability know, a... on, on Twitch is pretty much the five recommended channels. And that's kind mm -hmm. of it. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. Which which is always like whenever that's... anybody like pops in my stream and they're like hey i saw you on the recommended channel i'm like holy crap <laughs> you came in oh my goodness so happy to have you. like it's it's almost a miracle like being on that recommended channel versus like on youtube you know you just have endless endless scrolling the algorithm is just endlessly feeding you like oh you don't like this what about this what about this what about this and it just never mm -hmm. stops so you'll eventually find something on youtube that catches your eye so totally different platforms i also think the advertising the way it works on youtube is just so far superior to the way it works on twitch like twitch advertising is is an absolute joke in my opinion twitch advertising is an afterthought realistically i mean twitch was built to run primarily on subscriptions and bits advertising is a thing they put in because they make money on it that was about it <laughs> and it's not even just a simple ad it's it's just shoving ads relentlessly for you know like every 10 minutes or it's that, like quickly when i started getting on twitch like within the first month i'm like if i'm really going to do this i got to figure out is there some kind of paid option to like not have ads and i signed up for twitch turbo which has been like a godsend and i love it to pieces but i, I just yeah yeah it's a struggle the advertising advertising <laughs> just kills me on anything like on youtube on spotify anything that i can pay a premium for to advert like get away from the ads i always do it are you pretty similar in that or can you kind of stomach the ads um, a little bit it it depends i don't mind watching them on twitch because i mean I, I know you've seen your own numbers like we actually get money from the ads so i, I you know if, if i'm getting money from then other people that i'm watching are too nine times out of ten if i watch somebody with any regularity that i'm subscribed to them so i don't really worry too much about the ads well the ad, the ad revenue is i mean that's kind of what I, what i was thinking about the whole amaranth situation when they cut our ad revenue which is terrible should have done better with communication but i imagine in her position it's like a drop in the bucket for all of us like advertising revenue is such a drop in the bucket it's very all, small although it might be a different percentage for partners it, i i imagine it's a slightly higher cut and also because of the how they're out how their algorithm works with determining ad monetization partners tend to get a lot more simply because they have a lot more viewers mm -hmm. um so i mean it's 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 substantial like there's a reason she was upset about it but yeah. like and it wasn't just the communication it was the money but um at the same time like especially once you get to the level that she's at like your your money is coming from subs yeah <laughs> subs and cheers i mean if, um, if you're making 10 grand a month and you lose 200 bucks in ad revenue like it's a drop in the bucket but 200 bucks is still 200 it's bucks still 200 bucks right yeah. 
um it's so fascinating the whole twitch meta it's it's like a game within a game almost you know that's as somebody who who does want to grow to higher highs and and you know eventually like end ambition is wanting to become you know one of those very top end streamers it's so fascinating just kind of looking at you know the top 50 top 100 top thousand streamers and just kind of see how the whole meta revolves around them it's it's so fascinating in a way yeah yeah i would agree with that but i totally think though one of the best things kind of like we mentioned before about twitch and, and live streaming is just the the difference of some people who do want to use it for growth and other people who just want to play video games with their friends you know and have have raid nights and final fantasy 14 or play fortnite with their friends over there or you know play mario kart like it's it's so diverse and it's so open-ended to whatever you want to use it for it's literally a platform to do what people want with right well that's kind of why i like it i mean it's a don't get me wrong like i will happily take any money people want to send away like i'm certainly not going to be like no don't you know no i'm not doing that but like at the same time like yeah it, it's people are here for a lot of different reasons um and all of those reasons realistically are valid as long as you're not here to promote a hate group or something and, and i feel like too like one of the cool things about it is just the, the creativity that people get out of it i mean obviously with vtubing that is like a whole nother mountain of creativity like i haven't even touched yet but like you know seeing like you and lolly and especially like poppy foobar like pop like just blows my mind every single time i'm in a stream but even how people create obs stuff how they do their alerts it's all it's all very particular you know it's all it's all very your own which is so cool yeah well i mean that's that's kind of the fun of it right like it's your channel you can do whatever you want with it um some people do more some people do less i mean it's i've, I've mentioned him before lyric he was one of the top i think he is i haven't seen him live in a while he's one of the top streamers on twitch his uh he doesn't do overlays he doesn't have a webcam his i think his microphone is like a 30 dollar boom mic that he sticks on his headset like he doesn't do any of that um i know other people uh raven armed is a really good example raven armed has so much integrated into his channel and he does a really good job with it um so it's it's really just what people want to do it's how they make the channel their own and it's how they bring their personality through it's all about the personality like a, like you can buy i mean I, i've gone in streams with you know two people like two viewer streams zero viewer streams and they have you know a sure sm7b and go xlr and the fanciest shiniest pc in the world but it's like if you don't have that personality if you don't have that thing that draws people to want to be with you and hang out with you and play games with you and connect and build friendships and relationships it's just it's fun for you like like hardware is fun yeah but it's it's well, that's, that's yeah that's that's kind of the thing right like hardware won't make your stream and it it will certainly improve the quality of it but hardware won't make your stream i mean it's uh, talking about talking about audio stuff like that's uh, i used to joke about the reddit starter pack right um because <laughs> they've gotten away from it but for a long time if you went to reddit it, it, somewhere on the front page you would find what do i need to start streaming and you would always see the same six pieces of hardware recommended it would always be you know here's your webcam here's your green screen here's your go yeti microphone most of the time they were skipping the go xlr at the time but you know here's your yeti microphone um here's your capture card and here's your goddess stream buy these things be you know go forth and conquer twitch um and, and all of those things are useful um none of them are necessary they are 
tools that as your stream grows you can learn to integrate and use to make your stream better but like my microphone my microphone is an antlion antlion mod mic wireless it is not a 400 microphone as much as i like the sure sm7b and i actually had when i was doing podcasting along with the go xlr Ooh. um but but I don't use either of those anymore. Um, not because they're bad. They're fucking awesome. They're just more than I need. Like the, the Antline mod mic sounds like it does right now through the use of um, virtual studio filters, the VST filters, and OBS, um, and a little bit of noise reduction thanks to NVIDIA broadcasting. That's all it is. Um, and honestly, I can't tell a whole lot of difference listening to a recording of myself. And so you're not even getting the full effect of it. You're just getting the raw input without the VST filters. And honestly, it sounds just as good as my sure did. Like, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, you can get away without it if you are willing to do the software solutions and put the time in to make everything work properly. I will say using a Go LXLR in Assure takes way less effort. Plug uh, <laughs> and go. Give him props for that. <laughs> it is so much easier. I, I had to screw with so much stuff to get this mic sounding good. Um, but, you know, it's, it's again, uh, hardware is great and hardware will certainly help. Um, but you you gotta have the personality and it's uh, like chasing chasing the top games on twitch chasing viewer trends chasing all of that stuff it can sometimes bring you some benefit but realistically if you're not playing stuff that you enjoy and it comes through that you don't really care about what you're playing people aren't going to enjoy watching that nine times out of ten people watch the streamer not the game we've all played this stuff it's not well most of us have played all this stuff it's not really new to that many people there's only so many times that you can see someone play breath of the wild before you know exactly where they're going and what they're doing you know um yes. so it's it's all about the streamer it's all about the personality it's all about providing and this is this is the thing i tell people it's about providing an entertainment experience for your viewers whether it's the game that you're playing and how you're playing it or whether it's your personality when you're interacting with your audience that's that's really what it's all about i think that is just perfectly Sorry, said honestly assaulting me no 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 you're good you're good i think that was perfectly said um i i've mentioned a couple times before but literally the the streamer i think of when i come when it comes to that is there's no better person i think of than dahlia the monkey who is literally one of my favorite streamers <laughs> favorite human beings on the planet she's incredible she streams straight from her playstation 5 and uses yep. like a i don't know 20 dollar headset or something she doesn't have alerts she doesn't have fancy overlays it's just straight from the playstation 5 and she is one click away from hitting partner status she is i she has to be right there like she's an incredible streamer hasn't built an incredible community she doesn't have crazy fireworks or you know big like thank you for subscribing big things and alerts go off like people are just there to hang out with her to hang out with the friends in her community and like that is just that is i feel like what a lot of people should be striving for you know as fun as it is for the fancy mic and the the glowing pc and the the cool lights and all of that like if there's anywhere to focus your effort focus on the personality and who you are and the the value you bring to people who pop into your stream it's actually funny that you say that uh dahlia just put in her second application for partnership <laughs> She needs to get it. She she absolutely deserves it. Like, it, you know what's interesting? I feel like with partner because partner it always says you need what is it seventy five average viewers? I believe. Um, I feel like so many people who hit that seventy five get rejected. Like it's it's it says seventy five, but in Twitch's backend, it's got to be like a hundred or something. You know? 
Like there's it's that at all. Um, Twitch. So Twitch partner status is not based purely on numbers at all. Um, Twitch partner status is based on a lot of subjective factors, including who reviewed your application. Uh, what kind of content you run, what kind of community that you build. Um, they are actually fairly selective about it. Um, Poppy got partner, which I was very happy to see. And I believe Raven, yeah, Raven Arm did too. Um, Dude, Poppy took like four they, times. Po Poppy's was crazy. Yeah. I was getting frustrated for yeah, him. I'm yeah. like, he, and he was all <laughs> like, it's good. It's good. I'll, we'll get it when we'll get it. I'm like, no, Poppy. Yeah, it, it can take some time, but I mean, that's that's the thing, though. It's not it's not like hitting affiliate. Hitting affiliate, you just got to meet the numeric requirements and you're good to go. Partnership is a legal agreement as an entity representing Twitch, so they are considerably more selective about who they bring in. Um, Almost like an employee, said, right? Like, like you're um, kind of like not really an employee, but like you're an employee without the title kind of representing Twitch. Uh, it's it's closer to being a contractor than anything realistically mm. um, like they actually have their own legal agreement with Twitch typically and most of them I believe are fairly boilerplate unless they're huge at which point they can renegotiate and get specific terms but they do um, it is it is closer to being a contractor than an employee you are a representative of Twitch there are restrictions on what you can and cannot do although again usually they're pretty minor um, but it is it is definitely a different thing than hitting affiliate hitting an affiliate basically just means that you're able to be monetized through twitch's platform partner status is a whole different beast and that's why they're a little more selective about it i honestly think dahlia will get it um and probably fairly soon uh it is not unheard of for them to partner people that are streaming straight from console it is rare which is probably one of the factors unfortunately that is working against her right now and i know she's working on getting a pc at some point which will if if nothing else that will probably take care of the problem um but it is it is rare and a lot of it is because they're there are some things that make it more difficult to run higher populated streams basically um because you don't have a lot of the moderation tools in place you aren't able to as closely interact with your stream things like that um but that being said like she i agree with you she absolutely deserves it dolly is a, dolly is a sweetheart she is absolutely <laughs> i you know i never really thought about that from like the moderation standpoint and because i knew for sure like when you hit affiliate it's probably just the algorithm just automatically approves people like oh you got 50 followers three viewers send the email out but i i've always known partner is like more of a manual review some kind of going in going through the vods kind of going through and seeing what they're about so yeah i guess i never thought about it from like the moderation standpoint like and, and how you you know just have have built your community and I was wondering at one point, like with Poppy, when he'd gotten rejected again, I was like, I wonder if it's because because we all we all know Poppy's got a little bit of the uh, the lewd side to him, shall we say, which I mean, I love like that's one of my the best things about his streams. But I wonder if maybe, you know, people were watching that in the partner room or whatever. And like, I mean, are you sure we want to partner this person? Like, this is pretty graphic uh -oh. stuff. <laughs> To, to be honest, I don't think so. I think what happened with Poppy was a long time ago, he had an emote that yes. ended up getting pulled. 
the booty. I honestly think I honestly think he had a strike sitting on his account, and the first the, his rejections were because someone was just seeing that strike and killing mm. it without realizing. Um, I, I honestly think that's what it was because his I can tell you because I was in his streams when he was pushing for partner, his content didn't change. So if yeah. that's why, like I, I honestly think it was the strike from the you know, removal. Um, Dahlia doesn't have anything on her record. I think the thing, the only thing holding her back really is just that she's streaming straight from PS4. And I hope that's not the case because they should be more open to that. But that's that's my guess because her content is definitely there and the quality is definitely there. I I, and I, I totally forgot about that. The legendary Poppy Booty. It will be yep. it will be missed. <laughs> um, yep. I guess kind of like swerving a little 180 kind of off of this one thing i i know i really did want to talk to you a little bit about like the fireside community discord and everything um so as yeah. one of the original founders of fireside community discord can you explain a little bit about what was the plan to form the discord how it all started like kind of the story behind it because that's definitely like uh that's it's growing like the community discord is is really popping off it's growing pretty big um here in the past few months Lolly is honestly a better person to ask about that than me. And I know you did talk to her about that when you did your session with her. Um, it, I was brought in kind of not after the fact, but like she and chief really kind of already had their, their game plan in mind, but really the, the whole goal behind it, I think was to, um, pull together a group of us that, that already, already knew each other. We already hung out in each other's channels. We were already familiar with each other. And all of us had kind of the same vibe as far as, um, community over competition and mutual growth, that kind of thing. Um, my involvement really has been primarily from the technical side. I, I do chat quite a bit in there, obviously, and I definitely hang out periodically. I run movie nights occasionally, that kind of thing. Um, that's that was really kind of the goal was building a community that was based around the idea of mutual growth because that, that that realistically is what drives our corner of twitch and i don't just mean fireside i mean all the people that we interact with um we've we've succeeded to to that goal pretty well um there are some things obviously that we can do to improve it but uh, as it stands right now, we have a pretty close-knit community that works well together and tends to tend to have very similar trends in viewership. Um, sorry, it's a very complex question to answer. Uh, oh, no, you're totally I think, fine. I think, I think the, the biggest thing that has driven that community, to be honest, though, uh, was, un I, I hate to say it, Chief. Um, Chief and Lolly, to some extent. They were both huge well lolly still this um huge forces in the community and they did a lot to bring people together keep them engaged with each other and drive growth um both through their their work on their own channels as well as their work promoting and supporting everybody else in the community so um but like i said it's i i can i can speak to the technical side i can tell you all about that but as far as the the full overall vision for fireside um uh, Lolly really is the the one to talk to on that one. She's probably a little bit more eloquent about it than me. The visionary, maybe, so to say. More so than me, yeah. My my, like I said, I'm I'm I stream for very different reasons. So the the mutual growth thing, I'm definitely into, and I think everybody in the community has seen that. I routinely raid not only people in the community, but I also reach out to other people who are still building their streams, make sure that we target them with raids. Um, I will even target bigger people who um, our community has not met. 
which is actually a lot of what I tend to do is introduce our streamers to other people I interact with frequently, but they may not. Um, because it gives those people, again, more people to see what they're doing, more people to interact with, more people to meet. And that flows backwards as well. Um, they get introduced to our community. They get introduced to our streamers. Um, so it's it's very much about, for me, it's very much a networking process. Um, it, it still revolves around mutual growth. Like, like an, uh, I will say that I'm not the kind of person to, to raid somebody just because they're big. Um, I'll raid somebody who has a similar mi and compatible mindset to our community. Because um, there there is some truth and I've mentioned this before, there is some truth to the statement that Twitch is a competitive environment, regardless of how we may choose to treat it. Um, but it can be competitive in a way that still encourages mutual growth. And that's what I look for, both within our own community, as well as with the people that I choose to hang around on Twitch and rate and expose my viewers to. It's, it's, it's all about just growing the pie bigger, right? Like we all have our slice of it and like, let's grow the pie bigger for everybody and, and just make it all bigger. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the... The larger the overall viewer base is that our greater community has, the better all of us will do. It's really that simple. A thousand percent. I totally agree. You know, and I, I love, I love, you're so right in the sense that there really are like 50, 60 or so, just like other streamers roundish our size, you know, who, who it's, it's like Twitch is a really big place, but for people like of like minds like us, you know, who kind of have that similar growth, it's not really a big place you know it's like there's 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 like that 50 or 60 out there who are you know same kind of mindset as us and it just you just kind of like go into their stream and it immediately clicks and you're like i like you i i, I see great things in your future well and that's that's what I spend a lot of my time doing on twitch i mean i i lurk in a lot of channels obviously but a lot of the time i am poking around um both through other viewers and other people's channels as well as just sometimes browsing categories that tend to attract people of that mindset um in other words not first person shooters um <laughs> not hot tub streams <laughs> yeah basically um but it's it's to try to find people like that because they're there are a lot of people out there who are of similar mindset but have not connected with a community and i enjoy growing this community i enjoy bringing people regardless of size whether they're big or little into this community and introducing them to us and introducing us to them um and it's like i said it's it's nice there's between you shadow fury poppy raven arms um dahlia uh, a couple others that are are relatively large as far as our community is concerned. Um, we have a pretty pretty big pool of viewers that have gotten to know all of us, big or small, within the community. Um, and it's nice to see people who I know I have introduced to someone else's channel suddenly show up in a completely different person's channel simply because of that network we've built that that tells me that as far as that aspect of twitch i am actually doing what i want to do um which is connecting people so that's that's what i spend a lot of my time doing frankly isn't that the best feeling when you like pop into somebody's stream that you really love and you see somebody who you usually interact with in another person's stream like hanging out there and they're best friends mm -hmm. as well and you're like oh my goodness like it, yep. it, it twitch is is totally the epitome of you know a big world but a small world at the same time i feel like it is is there somebody like recently you've you've met through twitch that 
you know you think deserves having a spotlight shined on them some someone new who maybe they don't have like that big viewer base quite yet but you're just like i can see like big things are going to happen for them here really soon um actually you've met them both we were talking to him earlier to Dexter dandy and kikale um they're they are truly fantastic people i've i've only been introduced to probably about a month or two ago um but i've been watching both of their streams grow in terms of their viewer base as well as grow in terms of the um presentation and experience that they provide to their viewers and that's been really really interesting to see mr dandy less so than kukulay um dandy was pretty established already when i when i was first introduced to him um watching kukulay's stream grow and watching her personality come out more has genuinely been uh fun i guess is the best way to put it um but yeah those those two for sure uh there's i mean there's quite a few others uh, like i said i i bounce around a lot um and it's it's mostly because i like seeing what people are doing i like meeting new people i like talking to them um and again i like to introduce them to our community which i, I obviously i don't go in and self-promote that shit certain people shouldn't do it but um like i do like to go in and actually get to know them and talk to them and everything else it, it's one of those things of the <laughs> people say it a lot the whole there's no such thing as hollow follow there is absolutely such a thing as a hollow follow but yeah. um uh, uh, I don't do that. Typically, if I follow somebody, I actually go look for their stream because I do it because I want to go get to know them. Um, and I've I've made quite a few people that are uh, actually pretty awesome people on Twitch. Uh, you know, uh, suits me and Matt the Boss Man. They yes. like I I've I've been hanging out with suits for a while, but I'd I'd really only talked to Matt the Boss Man a couple times. They actually came through town last Friday. And we got together and had lunch with them. It was really great to actually meet them. Um, sat down, had a good time. They got to meet Dizzy, my my lovely raptor wife, and uh, yeah, had a really good time. So it's 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 nice. Like I said, it's it's a very different uh, environment than Twitch was two years ago, um, and it's it's very very nice to see actual community being built. Like two years ago, did it seem more of a hostile kind of competition? Pre-COVID, Twitch was highly competitive. Um, there was the whole the whole let's build community and make friends and everything else. Like streamers didn't do that, um, or if they did, it was rare. Uh, it was definitely not a not a commonplace thing at all. Um, Pre-COVID, Twitch was a very competitive environment. You did not talk about your other streams. Streamers didn't ask you about your stream. Um, they certainly didn't cross communities, and viewership was somewhat jealously guarded, typically um it was not a great environment uh, covid for all bad covid did covid did a lot of good for twitch i think it did a, a lot of good in just the online space in general like you know getting being able to talk with friends and family member through you know facetime or skype or zoom or discord and and you know twitch and like i wonder how many people took that as their opportunity to start a youtube channel they've always wanted to or just start streaming because they've they've always wanted to do it but they never had the time to you know and of course so many bad and so much negative and things that came with it but i mean speaking for myself i i wanted to stream on twitch like i already had the idea in place before covid and everything happened and then just kind of everything fell in place to where i was like i guess we're i guess we'll stream and maybe we'll stream longer than I had originally intended because now we're not working at the moment. So yeah, it's, 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 
it's interesting to see a lot of people who I started streaming with when I started and a lot of them, you know, have stopped streaming, which is totally fine. Life happens. Other things happen. It's a hundred percent fine. But like the people who have stuck around, I, I almost find myself having a, maybe a stronger connection with them and just hopping in their streams often. And just, I don't know. It's like, a we kind of were coming around the same time and you know, does that make sense at all? No, no, it does. Um, and it's like I said, it, it, there's a very different mindset, especially because I, I know roughly when you started streaming, there is a very different mindset amongst people who started streaming post-COVID and pre-COVID. Um, Post-COVID people tend to be looking more for the social connection and for building community. And it, like I said, it's a good change overall. Yeah, I couldn't imagine going in and just like, I don't know. I mean, I, I still see some negativity on Twitch now and then, of course. I mean, it happens in any platform, but overall, like, 99% of people on Twitch are pretty cool people and, you know, just are there for friendships, are there for entertainment, <laughs> are there for a good time. And, you know, there's trolls here and, you know, bullies here and stuff like that. But 99% of people are pretty great people. And it's, it's a, it's been a great experience. I, I would see that statement and raise you Fortnite stream, sir. But, um, I, in general, I would agree with you. Yes. You know, I, there, there's like a whole section of Twitch I just really haven't even explored yet. Like the Minecraft side and the pretty much any big game that has probably more than 10,000 viewers concurrently, like the <laughs> Fortnites and the, you know, League of Legends and stuff. I actually had a coworker who loves playing League of Legends. Like it's his favorite game of all time. And I asked him one time, I'm like, have you ever thought about streaming it maybe? And he's like, honestly, the League of Legends community is like the most negative terrible it just like totally yep. ruins the game for for me so much and i'm like really it's that um, bad it it really is unfortunately it kind of it, it kind of comes with the territory when you start getting into the the strictly player versus player competitive games i mean you're you're already fostering a mindset where you want to to beat the hell out of the other players so if people can do it I believe they're gonna and that's not always the case like there there are a couple of people that i follow who do stream competitive stuff whether it's first person shooter or moba um and they have some actually pretty chill relaxed communities but a, a lot of them like i brought up fortnite as a joke but like mm -hmm. fortnite streams are notorious for that um yeah. like it, it's they, they can get real hostile and real toxic real fast um on the whole though i agree with you like the majority of people on twitch especially nowadays are pretty chill um every now and then like i see trolls come into people's channel or something but it's it's pretty rare and most of the time i hate to say it it's some guy being a dick to a girl streamer um that's that's the thing i most often see and that's that's truly unfortunate that that's still a problem we have to deal with but it is what it is um thankfully mods are usually right on top of it and taking care of it and i think it's up to just anybody like even if somebody is you know like if we're streaming and somebody's in our chat saying very inappropriate things like it's also up to you know the men who are also streaming to stand up and to say you know that's not appropriate to say and and everyone in between yep. so you know even if it's if we're guys and there's another guy like saying you know some suggestive material or saying something to a woman like we also have to stand up as well and be better all of us together have to be better i feel like well that that's that's a statement i would agree with just in general yeah um that's unfortunately a statement. On, on twitch yeah it really is unfortunately on twitch the person who's going to come into a channel and do that anyway is really looking for that reaction in the first place so they can just continue to be a jerk i just man i'm gonna move on hang on one sec no you're good
the frozen cat. Very dizzy with what I was messing with, and the answer was my joystick, and then I had to clarify, you know, my actual flight stick, not, you know, my joystick. <laughs> oh my god, my headphones are falling off. <laughs> oh god. Um... Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, um, uh, banning and, and moving on and stuff. You know, that's actually kind of been my approach to any time a troll pops into chat or anything like that happens is I always yep. know that they're there. If they say something very aggressive, very, very inappropriate, like obviously a new person just looking for that reaction, just don't give it to them. You know, I don't know. Everybody reacts differently to stuff, but like if somebody says something, I just kind of move on and chat skip over them grab my mouse and just click that ban button and they don't get any satisfaction whatsoever yep i have a two strike rule first time someone says something like that i'll joke with it assuming it's not something that's just outright obviously trolling um if they follow it up with something else that ban button i mean it's i've only once banned somebody who really didn't actually mean what they said and they messaged me and we fixed it but like in general, I just don't. Again, I've mentioned it before. I'm 40 years old. I don't. I, I'm too old for that crap. Yeah, I feel like I'm too old for that crap. You know, and, and I'm only 27. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Just like, I don't know. I've just always been like that. Like, just kind of brush it over the shoulder, like giggle about it, and just be like, man, this is you. You got all the time in the world, and this is what you want to spend it doing is just being a troll in somebody's stream on Twitch or, you know, some, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a reason the phrase don't feed the trolls exists. It is the words of wisdom you should live by. Right. And I guess like everybody reacts differently to it. And part of it kind of does pain me a little bit when you see some other streamers who really internalize it and like, think about it and just like, Oh, this person said all these mean things. It's just, and they're like kind of heartbroken about it. And I guess, I mean, of course, everybody takes, things differently but i've just always been that like it's just bs move alongside don't even think about it like don't even waste two seconds of your brain power thinking about it because that is exactly what they want if you do that they win you know pretty much um yeah i totally agree i, I love talking about these just kind of things just because you know I, I love how many people agree on these same points it, it gives me hope for humanity a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> i i find staying off of facebook lets me keep my hope for humanity most of the time to be really honest oh god every every time i get on twitter now i mean even it's always been this way but like it's that feeling of wanting to be an influencer and wanting to grow to those heights you have to use social media it's part of the sphere of it but it's so painful yeah. at the same time because i'm not a social media person at all honestly as weird as some people might be like what he's on twitter all the time and all that like it's 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 a struggle for me to hit that post button to just i don't know i'm a very introverted person who's very extrovert on twitch <laughs> Uh, no, no, I get that. Um, I, I mean, honestly, man, I'm the same way. Lolly is too. Like I've, I've mentioned it before. There's a reason I don't, I lurk more than I chat, right? It's not cause I'm not there. It's not cause I'm not supporting. It's because I'm actually a relatively shy person when I'm not in front of it. Well, kind of in front of the camera. Um, like it's just one of those things you know it's i'm i'm very extroverted when i'm doing this kind of stuff uh, otherwise i mostly keep to myself and i'm relatively quiet um one thing that actually helped a lot with that uh speaking of lolly was uh lolly reaching out and wanting to do the co-options on monday which we haven't been doing for a while because work's been interfering and other stuff happened but um 
like that actually helped a lot because I even even when I was co-streaming where we were both streaming like it was a very different thing I wasn't it wasn't just me and whoever's watching it was me and four other people and me interacting with them that actually helped a lot in that respect um and that's that's one thing that I, I honestly hope that we get more into as a community is doing that kind of stuff because it's for one it's fun um and for two like it actually does help a lot with that and it helps to build stronger sense of of community and friendship than just hanging out and chatting in text does you know a thousand percent you know and that's been i haven't really done much of that on twitch but i guess my version of that has been doing podcasts like this like actually having one-on-one yeah. -on -one conversations it's so much it's so much different than you know you simply writing a sentence in chat and then you have to take that sentence and kind of create paragraphs or you know whatever your brain does with with sentences through chat and just kind of create conversation out of it whereas this is so much more like we're just two people having a conversation and it's so much more natural and it's it's different and it's i still i get a little bit of anxiety you know before podcasts and like okay you gotta gotta press the call button let's go for it and i don't really get that with streaming as much but like it's 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 different and it's not a bad difference yeah. it's just an uncomfortable different that eventually you'll grow into i'm assuming so the the question i've got for you on that score because i've got to ask like how yeah. difficult it is, is it for you to do this with a cat uh, honestly <laughs> honestly honestly most of the times with the podcast like with my macbook in front of me i'm kind of like looking towards the camera area so i'm not like super duper looking <laughs> um and I, I mostly just focus on like the voice in my head more so than anything um but it's 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 awesome I like I, I honestly really love it I loved like conversing with Lolly about it as well like it's 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 I can see the persona like when you smile and and like your eyes and everything like I still get that that kind of like reaction and everything so I honestly love it I, I think I, I was talking to Lolly about this I really feel like VTubing and and creating these personas I think that's just going to explode in popularity and growth over the next few years because it's so there's so much creativity you can do with it you know whether you're a cat or you know an alien or a dinosaur or you could be you could literally be anything and it's it's you know seeing honestly i keep mentioning him but like seriously seeing poppy foo bar and what poppy. he's done it, it's it truly is mind-blowing and i'm like i really see yeah. stuff like this just exploding and populate like if twitch keeps going in a positive direction well if it does go in a positive direction, I see VTubing being a lot more popular. Do you kind of agree with that or see something similar? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is absolutely an emergent trend right now. Um, the, the biggest thing that's holding people back is the software, frankly. Um, the uh, Lolly and I use FaceRig. FaceRig is a great program. It's also extremely old and bringing your own custom avatars into it is incredibly difficult because it was built before there was really any standard right mm. so they created the vrm and the avatar formats for use with vr chat and a few other things and that made it much easier to bring a model in well face rig has no idea what the hell those are so like to bring a model into face rig you have to do all sorts of janky crap that you never would have to do in another program at this point they created animes to try to fix that the problem is animes has got its own problems which is why neither lolly nor myself uses it um and there's a ton of programs out there that do what's referred to as a live 2d avatar which is what poppy uses um 
there's a ton of programs that work with that. Some of them are better, some of them worse, but it is an inherently limited format because it's not working with a 3D avatar. He is actually working on getting a 3D avatar made, and there are a number of ways to bring a 3D avatar in that do not rely on this kind of software, right? Um, uh, Code Lyco, I think her name is, or Code Miko. Code Miko, yeah. She's great. Code Miko. Code Miko does it. Um, she uses an extremely expensive setup using, I believe, an Xsense capture suit um, yeah. and a few other things. Uh, and she brings it straight into Unity. And what she's actually capturing and displaying on screen is a green screen version of Unity. Um, that obviously is the very high end of the VTuber the vtuber realm um but honestly it's it's really just a matter of time before someone gets a more streamlined and fluid method of getting 3d avatars working right um because it, it is an emergent trend and it's something that more and more people are wanting to do there's tons of people who want to do this and obviously having a face game of some kind is extremely beneficial it's not necessary but it's very beneficial it gives your your viewers something concrete to interact with and to react to um so it's really just a matter of someone else, kind of like with the competitor to Twitch. It's a matter of somebody else deciding that I can do it better and then doing it. Um, but I, I expect to do that happen in the next year or two, frankly. I, I would say that face rig, someone's going to put face rig out of business. Because realistically, face rig, in the 3D avatar market, face rig didn't even write their own shit. Face rig contracted to use an engine called uh, by a company called Ulse, U-L-S-E-E-E. S E two E's. Um, they provide commercial level tracking um, before face recognition for security cameras and like all sorts of stuff. Um, but one of the things they had was a product suite that would do, I think, sixty something point facial mapping real time, which is the the the, the technology that FaceRig licensed and brought into their own product. So FaceRig itself really just slaps a UI on top of that to allow you to configure the um sooner and lc's technology is fantastic sooner or later someone else is going to do the same thing and then write a better ui that sits on top of it that isn't animes um because animes is garbage um but yeah it, like i said it's going to happen sooner or later vtubing is a thing that i don't think is going to go away um it's just going to become more refined as time goes on and i actually look forward to that i wonder if i don't know that Mm -hmm. I, w I wonder if Elgato would ever do anything because kind of what we talked about earlier, like uh, Elgato almost feels like the Apple of streaming hardware world where just everything syncs mm -hmm. together. Everything is like a lot of stuff just works really great. Not maybe as much tinkering and configuring. I do agree like as, as you know, you'd possibly like, but I wonder if they would ever get into that. Like imagine, I, I feel like if anybody could do it well, I bet Elgato could do it pretty decent maybe i mean elgato elgato is owned by corsair right mm -hmm. so like they definitely have the money and the backing behind it um the question is is there enough interest elgato primarily markets to the majority and vtubers i don't think will ever become the majority that's that's the thing Elgato, they're like apple elgato markets the, to the most 90%. accessible product to the largest market they can um, which as a business is a very smart model. There's a reason why they've become the brand name in capture cards and stream decks. And like I said, there, there are honestly versions out there. Leoran board puts the Elgato stream deck to shame. However, it does require much more user experience than the stream deck does. Um, 
so like it's again it's it's the apple comparison they make very slick very streamlined products but they're marketed to the majority of users rather than the minority and vtubing as much fun as it is and as much as i personally enjoy it is a minority market and will probably always remain so a lot of people don't uh, a lot of people don't actually like them i've i have gotten feedback from people that they were turned off by it um and you know that sucks but at the same time i don't care um so you know it works for me um so yeah but the upshot of all that is yes i do see it being a trend that continues to grow and i think it's the a technology and a market that will mature i don't think it's going to stagnate by any means do you see um do you see a day in the future possibly where Ziada would do a stream with no face rig and do like an IRL stream? Uh I have, in fact. What? You have? Yeah. Um now granted my actual face wasn't revealed um because oh. I had a mask on. But oh. Dizzy and I Dizzy and I have actually done no, I mean like a, a breathing of COVID mask. Oh, um, oh gotcha. Dizzy and I have Dizzy and I have done three, two or three um, ballroom dance streams. Yes, um, yes. Where we've actually been in the studio doing doing our working on our competition routines and stuff like that. So I do I do have them periodically. Um, they're rare, and I've never shown my full face in one. But you know that's that's not honestly out of any desire to remain secret. It's more because at this point it's a meme that I don't show my face. So I'm the exact same way when it comes to revealing my name. Everybody always asks me what my name is. And I'm like, at this point, nobody's ever going to know. <laughs> <laughs> it is always going to be Zephyr. Now there's, yeah. Now my, my face isn't any real secret. I mean, anybody who actually really wants to, I think can go on the fireside discord and there's, I think it's in the selfies. There's a pic of me in costume as a stormtrooper that doesn't actually take my face out of. So like, I don't keep it a secret. It's just not something I broadcast live. So I do got to ask actually on that what started you interested in doing ballroom dancing because i used to do ballroom dancing in high school and it was literally one of the best things i've ever done in my entire life if anybody's watching or listening you gotta try ballroom dancing at least once in your life like the waltz and the cha-cha and the tango are just so incredibly much fun I absolutely adore it. And if anybody is interested, I will tell you, all you gotta do is contact whatever local room studio you have. And I guarantee you have one, unless you live in BFE, um, tell them you want to come in for a guest or intro lesson, and they will be happy to bring you in. They will also make car salesmen look fucking shy with how hard they try to sell you a package. Um, but they will let you come in and do it. Um, so what got us started in it was two things. Uh, first, obviously we got married and I, we wanted to have a first dance. And I grew up with my family relatively close. Um, my aunt and uncle went out of their way to make sure that we knew some some basics of moving around in society. Um, part of that was, you know, formal dining and how to actually play setting, what all the utensils were used for, all that stuff. My aunt decided to teach us all the basics of ballroom. So when I was a child, I learned relatively basic um, waltz, foxtrot, and rumba. They're the three most common social dances. They were things that she made sure we knew. Um, I'd forgotten most of it, but we would go do our wedding dance and we did that and we had some lessons left over. So I, I talked Dizzy into continuing and then I harassed Dizzy into continuing after that because she didn't want to. Um, 
and then uh eventually she something clicked and she just got into it i've always loved it um my the whole thing i always joked about with her was she always wants to sing clubs and i <laughs> refuse to do club dancing like if i wanted to just stand there while she ground her ass on me i'd just go to a strip club <laughs> so like i was like look if we're gonna if we were if you want me to dance with you we're gonna learn how to dance um so now on the other hand we get to go out to clubs and look <laughs> awesome uh because other people are doing the club dancing thing and we're out there busting out cha-cha or, or salsa or samba or something like that yes. um so that's that's really what got us into it um as, as far as what you said though i agree with you it has been so we've been dancing for two and a half years we've actually done several competitions we have another one coming up in about a month um it has been absolutely fantastic and i would encourage anyone to try it go into it with an open mind you will have fun I got to ask, what's your favorite dance out of all of them? Like, what's your go-to if they're like, you can dance whatever you want, put whatever song on. What's the first one you go for? Uh, if it's smooth, tango. If it's rhythm, rumba. Ooh, I don't remember. Well, I don't know. No, actually, actually, honestly, if it's, if it's rhythm, bolero. But uh, bolero requires really slow rhythm, which is not something that you usually hear played in clubs. So typically rumba. I, I don't think I ever did rumba. Um, I did do the tango, though, and I did a dance choreographed to the tango. And ooh, tango's like everybody in the world needs to experience the tango at least once. It is <laughs> it is good. It's really good. Tango 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 is a fun dance. Um, honestly, though, they're all a lot of fun. Like we the the one major routine we've been working on right now is a classical waltz, not Venus, um, set to Zelda's lullaby no way um, and it's yeah yeah we had to slow it down because the timing on it is actually a viennese waltz timing it's very fast yeah um but uh we actually slowed it down to like 85 percent to 32 percent i think to get it down to a danceable waltz speed and it's a lot of fun it's a good routine it's a great song too and obviously we've got a lot of love for it um so we've been working on that one there's a couple others there's a um you know the song uh, uptown funk oh yeah Bruno Mars. Yeah. So some people got together and did a Harry Potter version of it, which is absolutely fantastic. And look up Dark Lord Funk on YouTube later. Um, it's Dark great. Lord Funk. But um, and Uptown Funk is a perfect cha-cha. So we're, we're currently working on a competitive cha-cha routine specifically using that version of the song um, that we're planning on. She's planning on dressing up as Bellatrix, and I'm planning on, on being... Uh, um, Malfoy? I can't remember his name. No. Oh, God, no. Um, why would I be Voldemort? Malfoy? Uh, Voldemort. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I was I was sitting there thinking there Snape, go. and I'm like, no. Why would I be Snape? <laughs> um, but yeah, no. We're we're planning on doing that. We've we've got a couple other things that we're working on. That is. But anyway, yeah. Cool. Ballroom. You should do the thing. Ballroom is so much fun. You know, every time I like, not every time, but like most times, if I hear a song on the radio or any kind of song that's in three four time, and it's like somewhat ish slow i always just in my head i always imagine the waltz like i just can't get it out of my head at this point waltz waltz timing is very rare to hear in songs but it's in a surprising amount of pop music um uh, it's it's weird because almost everything is four four right mm. like almost everything is four four um and if it's four four you can do pretty much any dance to it depending on how fast you can make yourself move but like waltz timing songs are fantastic there's a there's a guy uh chase holfelder he does minor key conversions of other songs um and a lot of them he's transformed into 
proper waltz timing mm-hmm. um like he did a really good version of uh kiss the girl from uh-huh. the little mermaid that is it's awesome and i really want to do a tango to that one although that's obviously not waltz timing um but yeah i really want to do a tango to that one because it's it's real creepy <laughs> Ooh, that could be. I, i'm immediately intrigued because like i it's cool hearing like really happy sounding songs turned into like really moody sounding songs and you're like i can oh, yeah. hear it but it's so different but i can still hear it yeah no it's, it's a he does he does really awesome covers i think you'd probably like him a lot do you play it do you play any music at all like have any like mu- musical abilities i am not remotely musically inclined um i played trombone in high school because i had to um i learned to play a little bit of violin um and other than that like i can i can play the drums but that's because the if you can keep a beat you can play the drums realistically <laughs> to some degree uh, i'm not good at it but i can play them um but no i don't i don't do music i sing i'm not singing honest <laughs> i love trombone i think trombone is one of the coolest instruments ever um with all like all that like odd time meter signature or like the three four timing and everything that's one of the big reasons like recently one of the very few bands i've kind of been listening to a lot um i've been listening to a lot of tool and they do a lot of music and <laughs> really weird time signatures and i guess if you don't know much about time signatures it might not click but if you're like if you know what three four is or five four and (laughs) oh it immediately i'm like yo i'm i'm into this like i'm turning the music up i'm putting my headphones in i'm so into it tool tool is a tool is banned from my fucking childhood man i i adore tool um maynard (laughs) maynard 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 was an absolute madman when he wrote music um I, yeah i haven't i have i've listened to all of their albums but oddly enough like their last one they released you know after like 15 years or whatever um oh I, it's just been like a repeat album for the last like year i just i really really like i know some people who are big tool fans yeah. didn't really like it too much i thought it was like a masterpiece and and i still listen to it all the time you're, you're talking about uh, uh fear and that one yeah fear Inoculum's good but honestly like i will always love both undertow and opiate those those two albums were again dating myself those two albums were on my walkman um, oh hell yeah pretty much at any given point <laughs> i mean i i grew up like almost all the music i loved growing up i i list i started listening to music with my dad specifically and he loves like 70s and 80s like heavy metal hard rock and stuff like that so yeah i'd be that weird kid in class you know like listening to acdc and led zeppelin and stuff and everyone else is listening to <laughs> I don't know what everyone was listening to Owl City at the time or <laughs> my my dad basically raised me on the Doobie Brothers and oh, somehow man. I turned out normal so <laughs> good music is good music is good music regardless of you know like I'm a firm believer every genre every decade has amazing music and you know I I I get in fights with some people who are younger than me and say old music sucks and then I get fights with people older than me and say new music sucks and I'm like there's good music everywhere like every single year there's amazing music you've you've been on my stream enough to know my absolute fondness for girl power ballads so like I can't really say a whole lot as far as musical taste um I, I listen to pretty much everything other than like thug rap pretty much um that that's really about it i even have a it's older but i have a ton of country on my spotify playlist um 
but that's that's i mean i i was raised a proper southern gentleman so there is that i i i remember my mom she loved like country pop specifically which mm-hmm. i am not super duper into although like I have a very soft spot for Brad Paisley. I like Brad Paisley a lot, um, but like like country, country, like old school country, I'm like super into. So, but yeah, I think like every genre, there's kind of like the outer fringes of extremity where I'm just not into like, like I love heavy metal music, but like death metal, I just cannot get into. Like it just doesn't do it for me, but it's like all those, the what? I gotta ask because you brought up Brad Paisley. Was, was he the one who did uh, Honky Tonk Badonka Donk? Is that? Um, I, is it that, might have been actually. His, that, that, that was that was Trace Atkins. That's right. Oh, Trace Atkins. Um, who's the? Who's, yeah. Oh, who's the other one? There's um, actually, it might have been Trace Atkins. I was thinking of. I, I'm not super well versed in the country music scene. Um, actually my last podcast guest, Pajama Princess Daisy, we talked a little bit about country music mm-hmm. as well. So there's just, there's good music everywhere. I feel like, and kind of circling back to Twitch on the point of it, like so many people don't see Twitch as they just see Twitch as like just gaming, but I've always seen it as just like a stage, like a live streaming stage that you can go on. And if you mm-hmm. want to play music cool or play, you know, music or do like art streams, art streams are like my favorite, like lollies and crises art streams are literally like the best things on Twitch. They're so much fun, but just using the stage to promote your abilities and do what you do. It's, it's, it's so much more than just video games, you know? Probably, probably about a third of the streams that I sit in are not video game related. Um, he's he's not. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Astro Canucks, I think I, I rated you over to him once. In fact, um, he does he does a ton of astronomy based streams. Yeah, um, and a lot of a lot of what he does is talking about astronomy and astrophysics. But I mean, it's nerd shit. But I love it. So like, you know, it. it I, I agree with you. Twitch has become more than just a gaming platform, and I'm very glad to see that happen. It did admittedly start as basically just chatting. Um, before games came into it but like it was known as just like that thing that tournament gamers streamed on for so long and it's so nice to see it actually being recognized for something more than that in hot tub streams right right and like nothing nothing against you know video game streams i mean obviously both of us do a lot of video games with streaming but like i think when you get those people who follow you and are there in your streams who you could be just chatting you could be playing a game you could be doing an art stream like they're just there to see ziada regardless of what you're doing those are those are the number ones you know those are the people you want to hold close to you um agree completely also kind of on that outside even of twitch is there anything other creative projects you're working on i know we kind of t- touched a little bit on like ballroom dancing but are there any other creative projects in the works you have maybe youtube something maybe tiktok something any kind of thing else you're kind of doing creatively nothing nothing, nothing online actually um we are in the middle of getting well we're about to get started prepping for dragon con um which is costume fabrication and creation i might actually be doing some streams on that process um Ooh, that i don't have anything huge that i'm working on right now what i'm mostly doing is finishing stuff that i started working on to go before COVID. um so i have to you've seen a picture of it before the ncr ranger costume mm-hmm. that i have from fallout new vegas um i'm in the middle of remaking the the, the armored vest for it um, and i've got the full thing fabricated i just need to finish doing the stenciling on it and some of the weathering work 
Um, but I might stream that process because for anybody who's interested in that kind of stuff, it is fun to watch um, or fun to do at least. I don't know if it's fun to watch. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to be working on that. Dizzy's got a couple of costumes she's working on. And like I said, I, I might because I actually have a third camera setup that I don't often turn on. It's this one down here that's currently set up watching the 3d printer oh. um but that's that's actually the craft room downstairs um so while she's working on stuff i might actually turn that on and let people watch what she's doing that's but um cool. yeah yeah those are I'd also on that note if you ever want to, to add more random cameras to your stream for dogs or whatever hit me mm -hmm. up because i found the perfect solution for it and they're cheap as hell Ooh, i actually just today got my pc mm -hmm. So nice. I'm going to be, I have a GoPro up there somewhere. So I might, might try to think of something with the GoPro. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Like uh, I can't even, so, I was driving home and I'm like, please, pl like, this is the day, please. I can't wait to set this thing up. <laughs> all three, all three of the, the other cameras that I use this one, the, uh, the cat love seat one and the, yeah. um, the one for the 3D printer. Mm -hmm. They are $25 security cameras from Amcrest. Yeah, like they're super awesome. They actually throw a decent frame rate. They have a, they do full 1080p. They've got uh, night vision if you really want it. Um, and they're super easy to integrate into OBS. So like I said, if you ever decide you want to do something like that, hit me up, I'll be happy to show you. Do they work wirelessly or are they plugged in? Wireless, they go over Wi-Fi wow okay i might i might be intrigued by that that sounds really interesting um i definitely think yep. that could be something that could be really cool um i guess yeah. kind of stemming oh sorry what we're saying as in yeah you can do fun stuff with them i think zach is also another inspiration in that regard he has i think like three or four cameras that you can just i he must be using leoran board i'm guessing because you can just redeem a mm -hmm. channel point and then it like swaps to another camera it's pretty cool it's kind yep, of it just some video source out. Um, kind of one question I really was interested in asking you is what would be some of the best advice you could give somebody who is looking to grow their streaming audience and kind of reach some of those newer heights on Twitch? Because I know you said before when you first started out, it wasn't much about like growth or anything, but you have been experiencing some uh, pretty great growth the past, you know, couple months, couple. So I was just kind of wondering if you had any any advice for anybody. Uh, network. network, but network genuinely don't, don't hollow follow. Don't. Well, it's not just that. Uh, I mean, the hollow following doesn't do anything for anybody, it, but when I say network, what I mean is don't, don't go find other people who have big viewer accounts, pop into their chat and throw a couple lines in there till you get a shout out and then vanish. I know a number of people who do that. I know it because I see them do it in some of the channels that I routinely am active in. Don't do that. People will eventually notice and they will not appreciate it. Um, when I say network, I mean find other streamers you actually like watching. Get to know them. Get to know their chat. The growth will happen naturally. Don't try to force it. Don't try to do tricks. Don't try to do any of that crap. Most of us have been around for a pretty long time and it's going to be noticeable if that's what you're doing. Um, but that's that's why I say network. And by networking, what I really mean is go make 
friends on Twitch. Like growth will come with making friends on Twitch. It's really that simple. Um, my, we, I mean, you've, you've seen it. There are tools that we can see that you can go into and see where your followers came from, where they discovered you, that kind of thing. And uh, like probably, uh, I don't know, three quarters of my followers come from other channels. The other quarter do actually come from being found through the browse channel page or from someone else actually directly linking me or seeing me go live on Discord or something like that. Most of them do find me from other channel pages, either through a shout out or through a raid. The, the trick is building the kind of relationships that would actually encourage someone to promote you, not because they're just doing a shout out because they saw you talking, but because they actually think people should follow your channel. Um, doing that is going to get you a more genuine and a more natural response and more likely an actual real follower um, than popping into 30 channels a day, saying hi, getting your shout out and leaving. So oh. when I say network, that's what I mean. Actually build, build relationships and work to build your community, not just your stream, build your community. I mean, we've definitely both experienced it where, you know, somebody raids us, you know, we get a couple follows from it. And then just those people never, ever, ever, ever return. So they're just, it's almost like, are they following? Cause they want to look good for the streamer who raided and like, oh, you know, we raided and you know, my, the people who came in with the raid actually followed like, or are they rate or are they following because they genuinely enjoy your content? Maybe, I mean, maybe they're, they do hang out on the channel and they're lurking a lot and you don't realize it but yeah it's always if i write into somebody's channel you know and i'm interested in following it's always good to like follow somebody kind of like you mentioned earlier who you genuinely have a mm -hmm. connection with who you're genuinely interested in seeing succeed and not for any kind of reciprocal like i'm following you because i want you to notice and maybe follow me back but like just because you genuinely enjoy their content you want to see them succeed and you just you like what they're doing you know well, and the other the other thing I will say kind of goes along on that note of when you get raided and you see a couple people follow you, engage with those people for God's sake. Like yes. I'd, I've, I don't know how many people I have seen get a bunch of follows from a raid and barely acknowledge them, other than saying, "Hey, thanks for following," and then right back to what they're doing. Engage with those people. Actually, yeah. welcome them in. Talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Ask them about themselves. If they hit the follow button, obviously they're not concerned about lurking and not being seen. Um, like engage with the people who come into your channel anytime you um the, the best advice that i ever got actually is from one of my friends who is a larger partner and his advice was if you want to retain viewers you have to have that point of contact he said on the whole from the analytics that he's seen people who come to your channel once they've made their presence known you have maybe 60 seconds to engage with them after that they are probably gone um don't miss those opportunities to engage with someone and make that point of contact. It doesn't take much, honestly, like, but it's something you should do. And the other reason I say that, I do that is because we've talked about, about the concept of hollow follows and nobody wants to admit that they're real. Everybody wants to believe that every follower is a special snowflake. That's wonderful. And unique. a lot of them you will never see again. That's just the reality of it. And, but you stand more of a chance of having that person be a actual consistent viewer having them come back even if it's not every stream having them come back periodically to your channel to hang out and chat if you do something to make yourself memorable i i totally um, a thousand percent agree and i think a lot of streamers get caught up in the follow numbers 
and like honestly i i think follow numbers are absolutely the only reason i think of like the follow number your total number of followers matter is maybe for a milestone stream like hey we hit 2000 followers they let's do something fun about it but outside of that they literally don't mean anything they're useful and the follower count is useful in that it is someone is more likely to hit follow particularly in the shout out scenario if you have a high follower count already i will say that um that being said as far as twitch is concerned your follower count is completely irrelevant it doesn't drive any of its algorithms or its analytics um it's not about chasing followers it's about and I've, I've said it before the only metric twitch cares about is average concurrent viewers it's what drives everything on twitch it drives your discoverability it eventually it actually honestly is what mostly drives your monetization like it, it's it's about retaining followers not just getting followers it's about retaining them as actual followers of your channel not just someone who clicked the button um and like i said those those little points of contact will do a lot if if someone remembers that they came into your channel and you said hey and asked them how their day was or you made a joke or in some cases laughed at their username i had someone follow me because his his name was wolf with a plump ass and i laughed my ass off about that because that was just really funny to me um he still regularly pops into my chat actually or just whispers me on twitch to see how i'm doing like uh, you know uh, any any genuine point of contact with someone who comes into your channel is something that you should take the time to do um that that alone will probably do more than any other thing you can do short of the building community thing that i was talking about before so it's it's really a combination of those two factors um so that's that's my very long-winded advice that i would give to people who are actually interested in growth i i actually really like that a lot uh, you know i would add to that just like building genuine true relationships you know people who you know you're excited for their content you want to see them succeed vice versa you know they're excited to see you succeed um and just like you you are you see them as a friend yeah just having that relationship or maybe not even a friend but you just like want to have a relationship with them and i think once you kind of form that in your head is every person who pops in like it, it sounds funny but the amount of effort it takes to actually get on your keyboard or on your phone and type something in chat with somebody brand new who mm -hmm. you, you haven't followed before it's not exactly common it's pretty rare that somebody who isn't following you is going to stumble into somebody's stream and then just all of a sudden like start chatting like that's a pretty rare thing so if somebody do does that i think it's important for streamers to look at that as like a rare special occurrence and to acknowledge it for what it is and be like hey new person i've never talked to before like welcome in how you doing how's your day going like let's let's get to know each other 100%. like so and, and and people will immediately like most people don't do that on twitch so if you are one of those people that actually is excited about building relationships and making new friends and stuff the people they'll they'll recognize that you know versus like hey in chat and then somebody's playing i don't know whatever game they're playing and then five minutes later they look over and by then the person's already gone yep uh, and that's one thing actually you can do that'll help a lot there's a um I think most of us have stream alerts of some kind or other set up. Uh, one thing I actually use a program called Chatty. 
Um, it connects to the essentially the IRC backend that Twitch uses. One of the cool things that you can do is you can set up a sound alert to where if you haven't had a message in chat for 30 seconds and someone types, it makes noise at you. Um, that is so damn helpful, let me tell you, because like there are times where chat is quiet. It's not because you're doing anything wrong. Sometimes just nobody's talking. Yeah. And when that happens, especially if you like really get into your game, it's really nice to have that sound alert to let you know, by the way, you should maybe pay attention to your chat for a second. Um, uh, C-H-A-T-T-Y. It's free. There's no cost to use it. You just hook it up and it acts as a backend. It also is a nice way to have chat that doesn't require doing a pop-out window or having OBS visible. So... I'll look at anyway, that chatty. That, that, no, no, no. That's that's. I haven't heard of that program before. I'm I'm intrigued with that one, chatty. Um, it's it's really nice, actually. One kind of kind of stemming off that a little bit. Um, in your entire like Twitch journey so far, has there been something that pops out as a very memorable highlight experience from your Twitch journey that you could think off the top of your head? <laughs> Yeah, no, Mandy Sky dropping like a thousand people on me in a raid once. Um, it, so that that was relatively recent. Um, there was a No Man's Sky event that happened where they released remember, Expeditions yeah. for the first time. They had all the Twitch drops enabled and stuff, right? So she and I were both streaming it. And I, think I, I had like 150-something people at the time. And uh, like all of a sudden, this just fucking monster raid dropped on my channel out of absolutely nowhere. Like I thought she'd gotten offline a while ago. Um, and then my chat exploded for literally almost 30 minutes straight with uh, Channel Point Redemptions. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh my God. That, I'm guessing, biggest raid you've ever had? Oh yeah, by far. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's enormous. Um, I actually, actually picked up quite a few regulars from that event as a whole. Not really that raid, because like she had inherited... So like that 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 was that was such a weird event because like No Man's Sky isn't that big of a community as far as streaming in the first place. So like it basically was just like raid after raid after raid going from streamer to streamer and like you know a ton of people just leave it up tabbed. So like every time it raided it got bigger. Yeah. Um it's when I ball. raided out when I raided out, it was late and a lot of people had actually gone to bed and I still had like 700 something people. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but no, I, I ended up picking up actually a few, quite a few regulars in my channel from that. Um, so yeah, that, that was definitely a memorable moment just because like, I thought that Twitch had screwed up when it put, put in the raid number for a minute. Uh, <laughs> like so, no way this many. Yeah, that uh, was, that was insane. <laughs> I could only imagine. I don't, I don't know what I, I, I think the biggest raid I ever had was from, it was actually, I think it was Hand Elf during her partner celebration stream, which was kind of like extra special. Um, but then, yeah. yeah, she raided, I think with like 130 people or something. And I just, I didn't even know what to do. I mean, it was just like, let's go to just chatting for half an hour and just stop everything yep. and just chat. Um, but at the same time, like that's what makes Twitch Twitch, you know, is that interaction piece. And it's always so weird seeing like, I know why it happens, but it's always so weird seeing those extremely top streamers like the XQCs and ninjas and all them. And just like they don't interact with chat at all. I mean, how could they? When it's, right. Like, how can they when it's speeding so fast? But it's almost like two opposite ends of the, you know, extreme spectrum. And then in that middle is is where, I don't know, the normalcy lies, well, if you will that's 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 the one thing that i it, it's one of the reasons why it, you mentioned that my channel has been growing lately it has and that's been nice to see um average viewer account's been consistently going up all that but like even even dahlia struggles with it sometimes and her stream isn't even that big yet like 
it gets to a point where you can't build those relationships anymore because how 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 possibly can you you know once you get three four five hundred viewers and a lot of them are active in chat you can't even read that fast if you're still going to actually do anything on your stream and that's kind of yeah. where your moderators and everything comes in but at that time you're losing the personal connection and that's one of the things i actually value like there's uh, all of all of the regulars in my stream are people i genuinely consider to be actual friends like not super close to take a bullet for them friends because i don't know them that well but like there are people i actually consider to be friends and i don't really want to lose that and i know that eventually if my stream continues to grow that will happen and i'm not quite sure how to deal with that it's like this weird balance between wanting more growth but not wanting to lose that personal connection um i almost feel like when they do get to that range what i have noticed almost as though people will use donations and bits and subs like as with the tts the text-to-speech thing almost mm -hmm. as like that's the way to communicate with the streamer then i mean that's how they that's how like the shrouds and ninjas do it now you know they're gaming or whatever someone gives a 25 dollars donation with tts and like i love you and blah 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 i enjoy watching your stream and they're just playing their shooter going thanks and move on See that? like that's the thing though man like i don't yeah. want a financial based relationship with people like i right. appreciate everybody who says and cheers and all that stuff but like just i don't be in there uh, yeah I, I just want people to hang out so i can play games and they can laugh at me when i do stupid shit. what do you think is like <laughs> what do you what do you think is like the the optimal viewer number like a hundred 200 viewer i mean viewer number i don't know um chatters honestly once i see people go past about 30 or 50 active chatters that's when it's tough um because i mean a, a lot of the, a lot of the time chat ends up talking to itself and that's fine yeah. too but like um i like i actually encourage that i like seeing people get into discussions with each other on my channel but um as far as actively chatting with me like 30 or 50 is about as many as you can really handle with any degree and there's a lot of games like especially like the souls likes that you play like you can't possibly interact with chat and play those games at the same time to any real degree like that's that's why you end up in just chatting for half your stream like <laughs> <laughs> the only uh, dahlia is uh, not to bring her up for the 10 million time but like she is an absolute pro when it comes to that like she could just take down a boss no problem and then just go to chat and uh, yeah she's she's definitely I look up to her a lot and, and I feel like I, I look up to a lot of different streamers for like various different reasons, you know? Um, I think that's really important to have is to like, maybe look at somebody who you really enjoy watching and maybe not take everything from them, but find the aspects that you, you think are just truly exceptional and, and pay extra close attention to those, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong, assuming you're not carbon copying, you know, there's right. nothing wrong with taking inspiration from people who you like what they're doing on their channel and you like how they're interacting or the kind of stream that they're running. Um, it's one of the reasons why anytime anybody's ever had any questions about how I do stuff on my channel, I'm happy to tell them, reach out and help them do whatever it is, you know, um, to me, that's a compliment. It means I'm doing something right. Zeph about to be in a, a cat in a hot tub stream tomorrow. Watch out. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with hot tub streaming, yo. It's the new meta. Um, <laughs> so, another question I'd love to ask you. I um, we'll probably we're probably we're going a little over right now, but a couple yeah, last I'm, minute questions. Last couple last minute questions I do want to throw at you. What is one <laughs> myth about VTubing and or streaming that you would love to de debunk? 
I don't know if there are any myths about VTubing. Um, so at least if there are, I'm not aware of them. Uh, myth about streaming. Um, honestly, it's one of the things that we've already touched on. The the myth the myth that well, there's two actually if you do two. So the first myth that I would I would want to debunk about streaming um, is the idea that streamers are just out there to take advantage of people who are socially isolated or or who are seeking artificial social relationships. There is a very heavy perception that that's what streaming is, and unfortunately, that is driven by a certain type of streamer. Um, that actually is doing exactly that unfortunately it is it is something that is very public um it is not the norm by any means but a lot of people think that way and i've encountered that actually when people have found out that i stream on twitch until they actually saw my stream and realized what i actually do um but there is a there is a negative perception of streaming and Twitch in particular that a lot of the people out there are basically just predatory seeking to get money from people who are lonely. Um, I I definitely don't view it that way. Like I said, I appreciate anybody who's subscribed or cheers, but I don't encourage them to at all. Um, if they do, I think that's awesome. I view it as I have entertained them enough that they want to give me five dollars of their hard-earned money. Um, and they get some that's, good emotes, of course. Sure, Ad sure. They get great emotes and, and they get whatever I happen to have implemented lately for my subscription alert. But, like, you know... The uh, real reason. That, that's, yeah. The, the real reason is because of that, not because they're paying for friends. And that's right. that's the comment that I've most heard, is Twitch is paying for friends. And I, I disagree with that. Um, I... I it comes back to the engagement thing, right? Like I, I actually try to engage with and get to know anybody who comes into my channel, whether they sub or not. I don't care. I just like when people hang out and have fun. Um, the other thing, <laughs> um, the other myth is the one that we touched on earlier, which is the idea that um, really all you got to do is get the right hardware and hit go live and you're going to be a success. Um, no. it, <laughs> but, a, but a lot of people do think that way, especially yeah. people who are just getting into streaming and, and it, I need the microphone. I don't, I don't say this. Yeah. I don't say this to sound negative or to, um, discourage people. I say this because you need to keep perspective when you choose to start streaming, the chances of actually becoming success is so relative but the chances of becoming uh let's say financially independent via twitch are low um if you do it it's going to be it's going to take a long time it's not going to be something that happens overnight um most likely there are flashes there and there are strikes of lightning but exceptions not most the of the time yeah they're very much the exception and not the rule you have to keep perspective otherwise you're going to end up driving yourself crazy trying to figure out why didn't why aren't people following me or why aren't they watching and it ends up becoming a source of depression rather than an activity you enjoy um that's that's the other myth you, people people need to understand this is a thing you should do because you enjoy it not a thing because you're trying to get rich if you do great but it's not why you should be doing it because chances are that's not going to happen. Um, does that does that make sense? And I, and I realize yeah. who I'm saying this to and the decision you've made recently, and I'm not in any way saying this to discourage you. 100%. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Um, but it's it's a thing people have to be aware of. You have worked your ass off to build your stream to where it is, and I know that because I've seen you do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's it's 
it is a thing that takes time. It's a thing that takes a lot of effort and it's a thing that has ups and downs and people got to realize that it's not as simple as just hitting go live and bam, you've got an audience and everyone loves you and gives you money. Well, I, I will definitely say uh, at least on my end, like I, I, I am not at that point yet. I am not in that financially independent directly from Twitch, but I think all of us have we all have like, I've always viewed it as like, we all have you're like, on, you're on your way. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I, I acknowledge that. Like I, I see the trajectory ahead, but I have always thought like we all have like our own hands, you know, like of poker cards or yeah. whatever. Like we all have the, our hands that we're dealt. And there's some things in our life that we are fortunate enough to have that I could take a step back and, and leave my job and really try to give this, you know, a hundred percent effort for, for a set period of time, not indefinitely. That was a big part of me doing this was like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to give it everything I got, there's got to be a time frame of like 12 months mm -hmm. or something like that. And then after that, if things haven't hit where they need to be, then that's time where we need to reevaluate. Um, so I think coming at it from that perspective was a big was gave me the ability to do it um but yes I, I, anybody that thinks they can just turn the camera on go live and viewers will appear out of nowhere or you know buy a 400 sm7b and then poof they're gonna have a thousand <laughs> viewers their hardware it just like accentuates who you are as a person get gives you better quality vo vocalness and like light show of who you are as a person but it's not you that it's not you're not the microphone doesn't make people come to the stream. You make people come to the stream, you know, who they want well, to see you. Yeah, exactly that. And, and also what you said a minute ago is exactly what I'm talking about, about having a sense of perspective, right? Like you are aware that this is a thing that may not pan out, right? You have set a time here is your goal. If you feel like you're achieving that goal, then you'll continue with it. And if you're not, then you'll reevaluate and make other i do know people who have gone the opposite route they've decided to just jump straight off that bridge with no safety line and one of them made it um the others did not and, and i mean that's that's just the reality of it man like it's as much as you can you can work your ass off to build your stream you can do everything that you need to do to be successful on twitch and it can sometimes still not happen because it depends on in some ways luck and it does yes um you, you people have to find you at the right time you've yes. got to be hitting the right notes with your audience like there's there are so many things that can play into whether or not you succeed on twitch um and a lot of them are almost entirely out of your control so like it, it, that's that that's what i mean when i say you gotta have a sense of perspective um that being said, because again, I want to I want to reiterate, I'm not saying this in any way as criticism of you. I actually was really happy to see you make the step that you have, and I think that you're in a good position to do it. You have a great stream. You've done a really great job building it. Um, you obviously are a personality people enjoy. Um, like I, I'm, I'm happy to see you going where you're going, man. I really do, honestly. Like it, 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 it hits harder coming from friends like you like really close friends who have met through twitch who like i really 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 value your opinion and, and what you have to say you know versus somebody who maybe i've only talked to a couple streams or somebody who just followed and like giving their opinion like hearing if they say something mean it just one ear out the other but like when you say something of any kind of feedback or any kind of opinion or like lolly or you know or like king fink or zach like fortune cookie 
I, I make sure to perk my ears up and listen a little bit more carefully because there's usually some good substance in there. So I, I want you to know I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate the feedback and, and just you as a friend, Ziata, really, really. No, likewise, man. And I appreciate you too. Um, kind of to wrap up, I do have a few more questions for you. One, this one's one of my absolute favorites to ask everyone, um, cause we always get some really cool answers. If you could travel back in time and give your day one streaming self one solid piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? My day one streaming self? Shit. Um, like, are we talking back in XSplit days or because be it would have been wait, like, wait late years. Um, <laughs> Whatever, however uh, far if, back you want. So if, if we're talking about when I actually started streaming, um, that would be... That'd be when I first started streaming 14. Don't stream Final Fantasy 14. Um, Lolly does well with it mainly because she has a lot of people who literally just watch for Lolly. Um, and I mean, I have a fair amount that watch for me too, and I'll, I'll still pull in a decent number of people with Final Fantasy 14. But I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. Unless you're a dedicated MMO whose audience is MMO viewers, don't stream MMOs. Um, people don't. Your discoverability is non-existent the the people who watch mmos watch the people that they already watch on mmos they are not looking for new people to follow or watch um even if you get raids mmos are incomprehensible to watch for people who don't play mmos like um, what is going on well because there is so much going on like i mean you you've you've seen a stream 14 like it's a chaotic clusterfuck if you don't play 14 like don't, don't, play don't stream 14. <laughs> yeah just don't stream mmos just don't do that thing um and i i that, even know like honestly the biggest the advice i even know like all the final fantasy stuff so like I, i've popped in your streams and and, yeah. and lolly streams and i'm like oh it's shiva I know Shiva. I literally know nothing else of what is going yep. on. All I see is numbers here and menus here, and I have no idea what is going on. So that's and, actually good point. Yeah. And it's, I, I hate to say that because I adore Final Fantasy 14. Like, I think it's the best MMO that's come out in a really long time. But, like, at the same time, I'm fully aware from an objective standpoint that if someone comes into my stream and I'm streaming 14 and they are not an MMO player and more than likely a 14 player, they're going to be like, what the hell am I watching and peace out? Like, I know that um, I would, that is the advice I would have given myself a hundred percent. There's only been one streamer. I think that I know on Twitch, that's really kind of grown an audience exclusively from final fantasy 14. Um, her name's Moody Moomba and she's yep. Incredible streamer. She's wonderful. Um, she's very much in like the Final Fantasy series niche. It would it would seem, mm -hmm. um, but like she pretty much she she is such an incredibly hardworking streamer. She streams like every day it seems, and she's always doing fourteen, and she's always crushing it. So yeah, it, big shout out for that. Absolutely. I, th I think finding a, a genre of game that not only you enjoy, but the audience can have that connection to and kind of understand what's going on. And I think everything you just said is the same for like first person shooters. If somebody has no idea what Valorant is or Call of Duty, they're gonna go in and be like, I don't know what's going on. All I see is guns blasting everywhere and I don't know what's going on. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, especially with first person shooters is like people who play that game are probably going to watch you. But if they don't play that game, they're just not story driven games are a little bit easier to pull in other audiences with survival craft games are great for it because honestly, they're usually pretty chill to watch and people just hang out. Um, 
but yeah it, it would definitely be don't don't stream final fantasy 14 uh <laughs> with love with we say that with love yeah with love i love the game just don't stream it um but yeah that, that would probably be it so, right, so you said you had other questions let's do this what's so, up so last well technically second to last but last big question in your words what does streaming mean to you ziata um usually that i don't have a work meeting taking my attention um <laughs> I, I i honestly honestly streaming to me is community um and it's it's something dizzy took some time to get a handle on too because she she is one of the people came from the perspective that twitch was paying for friendships right um because that was her only real exposure to it previously and, and having met some of the people that actually are part of this community and getting more active in the discord and getting to know people has kind of opened her awareness a little bit of twitch actually being community um and twitch being hey get off there go go um sorry uh twitch twitch being actual community and twitch being somewhere that you can actually establish real relationships with people um rather than paid relationships or very surface level or anything like that like um chief in particular um really touched her in a lot of ways um he had got he had reached out to her and actually befriended her in a lot of ways that not a lot of people had at the time um so that that i think changed her perspective a little bit lolly did as well and i mean she doesn't know lolly super well but the interaction she's had always been really good uh jake actually totally not fluff has messaged her and we've hung out and we've done some stuff together like that that kind of thing is what twitch is to me the streaming is secondary to me i enjoy the streaming i certainly like going live and playing a game and having people hang out and laugh at me when i fall off of cliffs because cats hit me um but like it's it's actually having that sense of community and having people that i just hang out with and chat with and have a good time with that's that's what streaming is me it's not a monetization system it's not any of that it's having cool people that i can hang out with have fun with it's all about the community a thousand percent friends a hundred percent um I, I literally everything you said just I felt like everything you said, I, I completely agree with. I, I don't know if I could say anything better. Just it's all about the friendships and the community. Um, so very last question for you, Z. Where can all of our viewers and listeners connect with you online, my friend? Um, easiest place is actually the Discord more than my stream, to be honest. Uh, the Fireside Discord, which I think you've got the link for somewhere. Um, Down below yeah down there i can't see it but down there um otherwise obviously www.twitch.tv slash ziata i am usually online mondays tuesdays and fridays wednesdays and thursdays are a little bit hit and mess uh, i'm online us time anywhere from 9 a.m until about 3 or 4 p.m in the afternoon uh and occasionally on evenings and I will definitely have the links for Ziata's Twitch and then for the Fireside Community Discord linked down in the description below a thousand percent. So y'all can just quickly click it and head right on over there as well. Um, thank you all so much for watching, for listening to this week's episode of the Zephcast. If you have not done so already, 
please be sure to smash that beautiful like button for the good old YouTube algorithm. It really does help the channel a lot. And if you want to see more of your favorite content creators, streamers, and podcasters in the near future, consider subscribing. It is absolutely free to do so, and we'll have even more content coming up soon. Thank you all again so much for watching. Zephyrs XP, Ziada. I will catch you all in the next ones, my friends. You wanna, uh, you wanna, you wanna scream your way out with me? Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. Ooh. I'm jamming. We jamming. We jamming. <laughs> You all need Ziada in your life. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Have an awesome rest of your night. And thank you again so much, Z, for taking the time out of your busy day to come and hang out and chat and get to know a little bit more about you, my friend. Have a great night, man. Thanks for having me. I'll catch you in the morning. Catch you next time in the next one, my friends. And have an amazing rest of your night.